welcome to Story Route Zero. This is a podcast where friends gather to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the strange worlds of video games. We often don't know where we're going, but that's half the fun. Come on the journey with us. Hit us up on Twitter at StoryRouteZero. You can send us an email at StoryRouteZero at gmail.com. That includes questions, concerns, comments, complaints, pet pics. Send us some recipes. Send us some stories about your day. We're going to listen. Podcast, start your engines. We have liftoff. Let's My daddy was a bank robber, but he never hurt nobody. He just loved to live that way, and he loved to steal your money. Welcome to Story Route Zero, episode 48. Uh, My name is Matthew Keel. That was The Clash, their song Bank Robber, off of the Black Market Clash EP. And uh, this is the penultimate episode of our first season, y'all. Uh, I've got three friends with me, of course. Uh, the biggest Clemson fan I know, Michaela Cachone, represent obelisk.co. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. That was a nice win this weekend. 31 points <sighs> in the first quarter ain't bad any day. It, no, you wouldn't kick that off the field. Um, uh, are they number two yet or no? Uh, no, they're because they have the loss to Notre Dame. They're going to stay at number three. Okay. Uh, representing below the Mason-Dixon line, the stovetop pocket knife to my bell-bottom reggae, Moose Cool, how are you? Doing well, man. Cool. Cool. And Jason Marshall. How are you, sir? I feel slighted. (laughs) I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. Sorry. (laughs) That's cold, isn't it? Well, I said I didn't want to do the I didn't want to do the de facto leader of this ship again because I did that last time. Well, then you know that's that's fine. And 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 and, you know sometimes sometimes my reserves are just shallow, so I apologize. (laughs) Um, How are you? It's all right. I'm I'm doing well. So, as I said before, this is the penultimate episode of our first season. We are starting our Game of the Year festivities this week. We are going to be doing categories. Uh, Buckle up. Yes, it's going to be a ride. But before we do that, how is everybody's weekend? Uh, weekend. I think I said weekend. That's a different thing. Um, Michaela, Clemson got a win. Clemson got the W. How'd your after. Patriots do? Uh, they, they won by like three points, but I didn't watch the second half because I kind of don't care. <laughs> Be quite I mean, frank. I mean, all right. I had other shit to know. do, like you know, laundry. It's exciting. So laundry, yes, laundry is exciting. Sure. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Bagel I got two platinums even, though. Bagel doesn't even throw that out there. Two platinums in the last twenty-four hours. Speaking of attrition, you finally got the Spider-Man platinum. <laughs> Thirteen <laughs> crashes. Nice. Moose, how was your weekend? Thumbs up, thumbs down? It was good. Jason, how are the kids? Alive. Nobody got injured. No Um, ER trips? That's an improvement. No ER trips. Yep, that's an improvement. Um, Notre Dame won. The Giants won and are in first place at four and seven. (laughs) 
love to see it out of the NFC East. NFC least. Right? <laughs> Good weekend. Relax. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes looked really good, though, doesn't he? <laughs> Better than Brady. <laughs> I mean, he 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 looked that when he won the Super Bowl against Brady. Um. So I, uh, full disclosure, I had a I had a bit of a rough weekend uh, for two reasons. One, I'm in the middle of two weeks straight because of the holiday, and uh, you know that just sucks. Uh, I worked overnight last night, but I also got a piece of. Uh, Hard to take news uh, for me. Um, I don't know if I've gone into detail here, uh, but I spent half of my childhood on my grandparents' farm. And uh, I learned this weekend that the farmhouse is finally going to be torn down, which sucks. Um, lots of great memories. I miss my grandma Irene and I miss my Aunt Janice, but uh, Nas the Queen, yes, Circle of Life, all that. Um, also, uh, this is, this is the football I care about. So prepare to just glaze over, um, one of the greatest soccer players ever passed away at 60, uh, Diego Armando Maradona, uh, from Buenos Aires, Argentina, uh, probably one of the best athletes I've ever actually had the privilege of watching play any sport. Um, and I saw him at the very end of his career. I saw him score a goal in 1994 and then get kicked out of the 94 World Cup uh, for testing positive for drugs. Uh, but this man was a, this man was kind of a genius. You put a ball at his feet. Uh, he was built like a tiny little truck. He could take just about any abuse you threw at him. You would almost never lose the ball. And he's also responsible for scoring two of the greatest goals in the history of the sport back-to-back in the same game during the 1986 World Cup. One of them is called the Hand of God because uh, during a, a pot, he, was, he was on a break, passed it, I believe, to Jorge Valdano. Jorge Valdano popped it up, and he goes up and uses his forearm to hit it in. But this was the 80s where replay didn't exist in soccer, at least not for another 30-some years. Um and uh, the refs called it a goal. He celebrated, sold it, and he's admitted since. But then right after that, he took the entire English squad, left them for dead as he dribbled through every single one of them to score an amazing goal like minutes later. Um, yeah, dude was dude could play the game of soccer better than most in the history of the game and may he rest in peace he was a flawed genius but a genius nonetheless uh with that let's get to our let's let's get to game of the year let's 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 get happy everyone so um so this much like we started this last year um we are we are doing categories, and then we will do our each individual top ten games next episode. Uh, and then after that, we will take a break for the rest of this god awful year that twenty twenty has been, and uh, we will kick back off with a game club in twenty twenty one. So what we've got today, 
are, uh, we've got several categories. I'm going to list them real quick, then we'll get started. Uh, Jason, I'm going to let you just sort of run through that because you're better at keeping things organized than I am, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Moose disagrees, apparently. No, no. Like, a notification <laughs> popped up on my computer. I'm like, I'm not even using Flash. Like, why are you like, why are you trying to tell me I need to update? I'm not even using Flash. Like, sorry. For the, sorry. For the idiot, the video user. For the listeners at Moose is just I'm like, like, I'm like, fuck like, Jason Marshall. I'm like, uh -huh. like, wow. But he also <laughs> had, you, like, I could tell on my tiny screen there was also a bit of fear in those eyes because I didn't. <laughs> just like, what was about to happen? Anyway. Well, I thought maybe it was going to crash everything. So that's why I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, we're going to start things off um, with Biggest Miss, uh, which is sort of a game we were interested in, but just didn't really hit. Uh, most disappointing game. Favorite old game. Favorite combat. Favorite game mechanic. Favorite controls. Favorite boss fight. Favorite level. Favorite world slash game setting, the biggest dork, uh, the favorite new character, not in Hades, then favorite Hades character, <clears throat> then best style, or how did you say it, Moose? Style. <laughs> he hey. says it better than me. Then Maybe, it was I don't know. Then it was, then it's favorite moment, favorite score, favorite story, <clears throat> favorite indie, and we will close it out with our favorite game club game that we've all played together as story runs here. Well, uh, Michaela since Ghost of Tsushima, I, I believe. Um, so let's get to it. Jason. Biggest miss. Biggest miss for me. I got to review this. This was Neon City Riders. I I wanted to like this game so much. I don't I don't hate it, but it just didn't work. It just and now I reviewed games I didn't like and I spelled that out. This was <laughs> tough because something was there, but it just missed. It just there was an update, I tried it, it didn't it didn't help it. It just was one of those I mean, it just looked so cool. It was like you were this rogue Casey Jones-looking dude in the 80s beating up people, different gangs taking over. I mean, it just looked, it, it just seemed so cool, and it just wasn't. It wasn't cool. It was square. Right. Cool. Nothing, Michaela. <laughs> no. Damn it. <laughs> 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 just gonna work on my blank stare it's working on a poker face <clears throat> yep but that was my biggest miss Kayla okay. um, I got two here an honorable mention kind of is like a cheap one so Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition came out this year and I had not played it when it was a Wii U game because I did not have a Wii U so I'm gonna count it because it came out in May that's fine um, and I had we'll enjoyed allow it yeah, I had enjoyed Xenoblade 2, so I was hoping I would really enjoy Xenoblade 1, and I will give this another chance at some point. I only played about the first 10 to 12 hours, um, and the side quests in that game are just horrible, I guess is the word. There's, I found 45 of them in like the first couple hours, 
and they're all go here, kill 10 of these or find five of these and bring it back, um, fetch quests. And some of it's engineered by the fact that most enemies in the environment are not naturally aggressive. You have to initiate combat. So it like gives you a list of things to kill because if you don't have a list to kill them, you might not. So it's just poorly designed side quest material and an excess, like I kid you not, 45 side quests I found in the first like three, four hours top. So it was more than 10 side quests an hour that I was finding, um, which is insane. Um, and then the other one I had was, um, so KH3 Remind DLC came out way back in January. And I thought the story was a bit of a miss there. I loved the boss fights that they added. Those were awesome. Um, and I like that they use the story bit to kind of go back through um, and explain the ending or show a different perspective on the ending, which, spoilers, Sora kind of dies and they're kind of showing what led up to his death. Um, but I was kind of hoping it would, instead of replay the ending, actually advance the story because I've been waiting many moons for them to tell us what's in the goddamn box and we still don't know what's in the freaking box oh, what's in the box what's is in it, the is, box is it gwyneth paltrow's head it might be a piece of string i really don't know so <laughs> um yeah i thought it was a missed opportunity to advance the story that we've actually been waiting on answers for and we're just gonna keep waiting for another seven years or whatever probably at this point so yes those are my two or no, just don't, don't. <laughs> you stay over there. And then? In corner. <laughs> Any other honorable mentions? No, those three are my two. Boosh. Biggest miss. Ghost of Tsushima is number one for me. Uh, just, I don't know. Like, I enjoyed the game at, at first and then just. I, I also think the, it's the biggest miss because it's my problem. I had I had issues with the combat, but in talking with people in my circles, I'm not the only one that had issues with the combat. And so uh, I don't feel like it's completely me. So I just feel like it's just something that didn't hit, you know, hit home with me. So I'm, I haven't even beaten the game. I do want to beat it in Platinum. It. I do want to go back to it and give it a second chance. So looking forward to doing that in 2020 i mean 2021 jesus not 2020 i mean you have i mean after this you will have you will have a month of mondays basically just ready waiting for you no yeah exactly. i'm playing i'm out dude i'm 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 like you're terrorizing bolivia at this point yes well i'm not terrorizing i'm liberating Bolivia, which i wish i could talk about because jason (laughs) i had some fun last night but anyways so that's number one and then um so, like, in this category, I don't think, like, I like Biggest Mist as in for, like, yourself, but I also like to think of, like, Biggest Mist as in, like, like a developer publisher not hitting the mark, and I think Super Mario 3D needs to be on that list. Like, they could have did a better job of remastering The All-Stars? It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and did it, I have it. I've played it. I played Super Mario 64, and I'm like, man, they could have just, could have just put this in the Odyssey engine. And just had it run way better, updated the camera. If they would have just like took their head out of their own fucking ass and actually invested some time to provide a good product for their customer instead of just being like, oh, it's an emulation. So here you go. And we're going to charge $60 for all three games. At least you get three games out of it. Yeah. I have not played, I haven't played 
Mario Sunshine in like forever. And I loved that game. I was like one of the few people I knew at the time when it came out that liked that game. Like a lot of people hated it. Well, not maybe not hate it, just were disappointed with it. Yeah. And and then I have not played uh, Galaxy. So I'm looking forward to playing that and watching some of the videos. It looks it looks pretty much like a modern Mario, like maybe just a slight step down from Odyssey, obviously, because Odyssey is in a better engine. So I am looking forward to playing that, but I just think they could have did a better job with like presenting like a better remaster for their customers. You know what I mean? So those are my two. I didn't have a third. Matt? All right, for me, um, biggest miss, and I have three. Um, my number one is Mortal Shell, and this is completely this is completely a me thing. Um, and I was t- I was actually talking to Ahmed about this earlier. Mortal, Sh- I playing Mortal Shell was like was like the first time I played Demon Souls, um, where I was I'm fascinated by it. And I know that there's, I, like Jason was saying about Neon City Riders, I know that there's something here and there's something that is worth going after. I just don't know if I want to. Um, and I think that, I think that where, where in 2009, when I played Demon Souls for the first time, I was like, I'm not, I'm not ready for this yet. I need to come back. Um, <clears throat> and I eventually did. And it's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I will most likely keep slowly picking away at this game and and attempting to get better but uh like there's a lot of good here that is worth uh talking about but for some reason every time every time i go in i'm just like it's it's just not it's just not there and i don't think that's on the developers i don't think i think the game plays fine like but it's it's just sometimes the game's just not for you uh, my two runners up are biggest miss because I, not because I played them, but because I missed them. I did not play them despite owning both of them. And that is, uh, I put maybe an hour into hunt showdown, but I won't consider that playing. And then I still have not touched journey to this, to a savage planet. So sorry, but, uh, those are probably going to be next year. Most disappointing. For me, it's Avengers. Not surprised. Every time, and it it had nothing to do with, I mean, their focus on the marketplace was a little weird. They kind of went that, but that aside, it, it should have been like, oh, you get to play as different Avengers, but Every time I picked it up, I'd play a little. The next day would be like, Jeff would be like, hey, you want to play Wildlands? Okay. Or Moose would be like, hey, let's play GTA Online. Okay. Like, I I had no problem tearing away. Nothing. That game did nothing to pull me in for long sessions. I don't think I played longer than 45 minutes at any point with that game. I I, want to go back to it. I hear... Well, I hear the player base is dwindling, but I hear at the when you get towards the end and you do some of the bigger like co-op stuff, it's cool. But like, I need a game that I can't have just the end be the cool stuff. Like, I have to want to get to the end. Like, 
sure it's an incentive, but if I'm not, if I'm dragging my feet to get there, it's going to take me a long time to get there. Okay. Mikhail. Um, I have one honorable mention and it's Xenoblade definitive for pretty much the reasons I already said. Um, but like I said, I've also only played it for like 10 hours. So I need to give it another chance and that will happen. I feel it in my bones. I will go back to this. Um, but my number one most disappointing is one that I don't think I've even admitted to playing before on this show. Actually, I know I haven't. So I kind of played it knowing it was going to suck, but it was like a train wreck you had to watch. And it didn't disappoint in the fact that it was a train wreck. And I played Soccer Wars this year, and it was awful. It oh, really? Was so bad. Oh. Um, I watched I, gameplay of that. I think that, would, I think that game looks awesome, personally. It looks better than it feels. Okay. Wait, like what's, the mech, what's the game? So Soccer Wars is like a known like anime whole franchise thing in Japan that just very rarely has come west. And this is one of the first games in a very long time since like the Sega era of like mm -hmm. consoles That's to actually get westernized. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's not westernized. It does it, it came to the west in terms of um, release. It's all Japanese um, voice yeah. acting and stuff like that. And I liked some of the characters, like Hatsuo is my girl, I loved her, she's awesome, she's kind of like, if you know Ruby, she's kind of like the yang of the group, um, but the mech combat looked kind of cool, but that's all it looks, it looks kind of cool, it's very much like a two-button blah, didn't really have much depth to it, okay. not a fun experience to play thing, so it's like a part, like, sim- with a bunch of waifus and part mech game, and the mech part did not save it for me, so... Isn't there a dating aspect to it as well? There is a dating aspect to yeah. it as well. That's kind of the, the thing about Soccer Wars. Um, so yeah, that game just didn't do it for me. Moose? Or is that it? Yeah. Moose? Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> That's a disappointing game. <laughs> so for the record, every category, Michaela is going to mention Xenoblade. Moose is going to mention Ghost. No, <laughs> no, 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 no actually, this is actually it's. I see game. your Xenoblade. Listen, and you a ghost. listen, I, listen, actually, listen. It's actually in some categories for some good. Okay, like I said, just combat at, at a certain point just got frustrating, and I'm just like, I can't. I think I think the problem is I played too much Dark Souls that's a problem and too much bloodborne and so like i'm trying to take a break from that stuff except for maybe helping Razzie get his platinum and possibly doing some fight clubs but other than that i'm trying to stay away from those games so that when i come back to it you know what i mean like it's not, it's been a while and and i won't be so close to like oh i can lock on to targets and camera works a little bit better and this and you know just so i want to have that distance from those games before i try it again uh but yeah. So, anyways, had a lot of positive things to say about the game setting, characters, like all that stuff. You know, the, the collectibles were a lot of fun. Just the exploration was awesome, and I think it has one of the best opening title scenes like ever, hands down. It was just freaking awesome. But I, you know, like I said, it just I don't know. I didn't finish it, and I had no drive to finish it. So that's why it was disappointing for me. So, anyways. 
and that's all I had. <laughs> that was that was the only one. I had no honor, honorable mentions besides, you know, I mean, see previous biggest misses. <laughs> right. You know, but anyways. Matt? Um, my most disappointing uh, is one that it's, pr- it's probably just because I didn't give it, I didn't give it enough time and the time I gave it, I was in the wrong headspace. It might be more of a miss than a disappointing, but I don't know if I, I don't know I'm going to go back to this one. Hardcore Mecca. Um, I really liked the idea of this game. Uh, I really think it, I really think it plays well, but ultimately like the, it's very much in the same way that, that mortal shell was, it was a miss. Uh, it's the rules that it's laying out are not very easy. They're, they're not very intuitive to learn. And, uh, I don't know if I want to put the effort in. So I would, I'm disappointed that I don't want to put the effort in, uh, more than I see it as a miss. No honorable mentions. Story Rail Zero's biggest disappointment is not hearing about Melody of Memory. On the show, <laughs> yes. Can't put it in any of my categories because I don't own it. That's, that's a lie. Yeah, that's I a don't. Lie. You want to check my credit card statements? I. You could Photoshop those. I don't believe you. <laughs> I can't Photoshop to save my life. Fine. I don't know that. I don't know that. You know, she's see, she's just selling you the lie. Yeah, man, she's selling the lie, man. I can't Photoshop to save my life. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Of course you can't. How do you know what Photoshop is or does? I am a human being with eyes. That's funny. That's favorite old game, and by our definition, this is. Circa before 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So my two runner-ups are Moonlighter. I wish I played that when it came out. Right. (laughs) Um, Strange Brigade. I had an absolute blast finishing that with Matt. Like, oh, that game's so good. It was such a fun co-op game. And my favorite old game is. Wildlands. I'm, <laughs> I've been putting in so much time Fuck. in the past month and a half. This game, like playing with Jeff, playing solo, playing with Moose, all three of us. You know, Michaela, this- Michaela. This is probably going to be you, all the shit that Jason gave Moose. Actually, we all. I, I kind of chipped in on the the giving Moose shit about Division Two. I'm not gonna. I'm not. My hands are not clean here. I feel like we're going to be doing this to Jason in 2021. <laughs> also, real quick, Jason and I, mostly me, because I wrote it first, but he didn't edit it out, also gave Moose shit about The Division 2 in our PS5 review because you can see the playtime. <laughs> awesome. What? It, I see As of last week. Awesome. Throwing me under but, the bus. Moose, you made it in the article. <laughs> okay, all right. You're famous I'll, now. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> For the record, you're not going to hear about it because once Ghost Recon's platinum, there's nothing to do. There's no bills to do. There's no nothing. You just, you're done. What, Wildlands? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You do have a point. So, yeah. This ain't my division two. Relax there. <laughs> okay. Hold your horses. Okay. Relax. Well, I mean, you know, there's always wow. Um, yeah. Which, noticeably absent from the old, old, old game list, Jason. 
Is it an uh, but I don't know. For me, it's an ongoing game. It's it's constantly adding. So I didn't know if I really wanted to put it in there. I mean, okay. if you wanted to, I mean, I mean it's your I mean, list. Ex- do what you the want. New exp- <laughs> the new expansion came out, so technically it excludes it at this point. Okay. But, um, yes, if it was, I, you know what? If there was no new expansion, it probably would have been in there. But since it's new content, like paid content, it's not. Um, all right, Michaela, favorite old game. So runners up, Slay the Spire. Really enjoyed that. That it added the um, the deck building to the roguelike. Um, this game called Remnant that I'd never heard of before, independent of this podcast. Strange, weird game, um, but I did enjoy that. Um, Damn right, I did. Yeah, if I didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't have beat it that fast. Um. But my number one game this year that absolutely stole my heart and made me regret sleeping on it for this long was Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Okay. It will be the last time I mention a Xenoblade game. Just, just a second. But I loved that game. You mentioned it for three straight categories. Shut up. This I don't is just believe, different I'm Xenoblade, though. I'm disappointed. The other one was the first just, one. This is the just, second one. Just like you don't know how to Photoshop your bank statements. Shut up. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I was afraid I wasn't going to like this game because I heard that, you know, the combat's very divisive because it's kind of like an FF12-style um, MMO combat inserted into a single player game. I ended up absolutely loving the combat and I loved the story and I loved the characters. Um, and I'm also not big on open world games, but this game just sucked me in. I put a hundred hours into the base game and 20 hours into the DLC back to back. Um, it's one of four games I think this year that I put more than a hundred hours into. So, um, yeah, that one quickly became one of my top five Switch games of all time, and I slept on it for way too long. And next year's favorite old game is Melody of Memory. Shut up. <laughs> Moose? Moose? Uh, I heard you. I know, man. Honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, two games I've talked about before. One way too much, and it made it into an article. Uh, number three is Breath of the Wild. I'm going through my third playthrough again, and it's not not. It's like the not the na- same game twice. It, it doesn't like get worse either. <laughs> and it no, it it doesn't. Like the game doesn't get worse. Like everything is just it's just so good. So like now, I'm like I I'm I'm thinking of going back to my main file and completing the DLC and like all those little quests that you can do and and trying to get everything that I could possibly get without having a stupid amiibo like the armor and whatnot and the weapons. Okay. So, and I have to do the sword trial for the master sword, which I have not done yet. And I hear that's a lot of fun. So I want to do that. Well, I say that with a grain of salt because I heard it's fun, but not fun. Um, anyways, so that is number three. Number two, division two uh, is number two. How many hours? How many hours? How many hours? What, 1,026 now? 36? 1120. 11.20. Because he told me last night, he was going over, what what other games you want to know about? And I'm just sitting there like, okay, let's do these. And so, anyway, it's got a lot of hours in this game. The DLC, I I think I put way more hours into the game this year than I did last year. Because the DLC dropped, just started doing Mm -hmm. seasons running like crazy now i feel we're on our fourth season starts two weeks 
So, you know, like the end of December. So I think that'll be the final season for the game before they move on to the third one. But anyways, loving it. It's a blast. But my number one game, old game, is Wildlands. Because holy hell, this game is just insanely fun. It's like, I am kind of upset that I slept on this game and didn't play it when it originally came out. But it makes me really want to pick up Breakpoint, which is the latest one. But I'm like, nope, not going to do that until, you know, I finish Wildlands. Uh, And it'll go on sale again. But it's so much fun, just the chaos that you can create in the game and and how, like, one base could take you 30 minutes because you're trying to, like, take everybody out without being seen. Because if you're seen, it's just a nightmare, depending on what level the area you're in. And so um, it's a good time. I highly recommend it for anybody that's looking for – a, like it's it's a massive game the map is huge what you can do in the game is huge there's a lot you can do and what were the hours i put into it like 50 some jason and i'm not even tired of it yet like i still like i, I played the majority of yesterday and then me and jeff played some and that's what's nice is like the drop in and drop out so like me and jeff played some did submissions and then jason joined me and jeff last night and played submissions uh so it's it's a lot of fun so number one on my list but anyways okay so i have a list as i usually do um i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go through them real quick uh so uh this is in ascending order so least favorite to most favorite uh hit my space outlaw guacamelee which i platinumed again uh with my wife which is fun. Uh, Dark Souls 2, Enter the Gungeon, Binding of Isaac, uh, Gundam Versus, Ashen, Monster Hunter World, Darkest Dungeon, Strange Brigade, and Moonlighter. Um, Moonlighter stole my heart in ways that I, I, I had no real indication that it would steal, steal my heart the ways that it did. And uh, it is... It was such a fun time uh, when the like I was trucking towards the platinum, and then the DLC hit PS4, and I'm just like, "Fuck, we're going back!" And uh, it is, it is, it's so much fun. It's such a good game. <clears throat> That's them's my faves. Favorite combat number three for me, Ghost Runner. This is like um, a ballet of murder, mayhem, carnage, and decapitation. I like it. Yeah. I want to try to open a review with that. I'm trying to, I'm trying, like, I was, I've watched people play this game, and like, I'm trying to think, I don't, I know I've seen other games that do this particular thing, but I don't remember what they are. Yeah, it's, so it's weird because when you're not doing well, it's awful. Like, mm-hmm. but you get into that, once you get into that rhythm, you're just, you don't stop. You just, it's not like, oh, kill this guy, take a break. Like you just keep going. And like, it just, when it's going, it it's just awesome. Like it just, it flows so well. Like the the level design is just, it's, it's like trial and error, though. You have to figure it out because it could be like 
go this way, this way, this way, right. And then you're like, shit, where do I go? And then you realize, oh, it's supposed to, so you restart and go and finish the route. Um, number two, Ghost of Tsushima. I admittedly was worried it was going to be like Neo with the, and nothing wrong with Neo, but it took me a long time to figure out Neo's stances. And I wasn't super comfortable at the end, but I could, I understood what to do. Like Michaela taught me tricks. Matt taught me tricks. Like you just, this tricks, though, aren't you? yeah, just tricks. <laughs> this though, like the, the freedom and the, the changing of stance, it just, it, it, Granted, it's it's an easier combat, but it doesn't really take away from it. And then using like your kanai and everything else, like it just was so cool. Like stealth through a base and just take everyone out. Like, or even if you had to just get into combat. And then the whole standoff thing was just so cool. I mean, at times it was just like, oh, fine, another standoff. But sometimes it's like, oh, I'm fit. Let's go, standoff, no. bring it. I was never, I was never <laughs> off. Fine, another standoff. I was like, where's the fucking standoff? Who wants to die? <laughs> um, number one, though, uh, Doom Eternal. Okay. They kicked up, the, they kicked it up ten notches from 2016. Like, similar to Ghost Runner. It's like once you get moving, like Doom's not a cover shooter. You just got to keep going. And like, it just was so satisfying. Like when you're like, like you have to clear the whole room before the door opens. And it was just like going back and forth using the shotgun that had the hook on it to pull forward. Like it was just so cool. Awesome. Michaela? I'm just going to run through some honorable mentions. So KH3 Reminds DLC um, took what was already a very solid combat system and just made it even tighter, a little less floaty, really customizable. The combos you can see in this game are nuts. Hades, um, for reasons I don't even need to explain, and Ghost True. of Tsushima, for a lot of the reasons that Jason just went through. My top two here are very nearly tied, and it's very hard for me to just pick one. So Neo 2. Neo, to me, has one of the deepest combat systems in existence. Um, and Neo 2 somehow adds mechanics on top of that without making it unmanageable um, because um, it changed the way living weapon stuff works. It added stuff like the burst counters. Um, it added like the demon cores, all that stuff. So um, Neo 2 is very tight, very deep. It, there, if you want to learn a game to the point of feeling like you are a professional at a game, Neo is like a unique franchise for doing that. The community is very inventive and being a part of that upper echelon of gamers was one of the crowning achievements like of my life, never like personal achievements, just things that I felt. And Neo 2's combat is just butter. It is so good. It is mm -hmm. so good. But I have to go number one with Seven Remake um, because it is the fulfillment of a many years dream for me to see this fluid and execution of hybrid action turn-based combat in a game like Seven Remake after I had actually written uh, in January 2018 an article predicting that Seven Remake could be home for a hybrid combat system and then seeing that come to life and seeing ATB used and seeing like the traditional overdrives and stuff like that come to action while you are moving the characters and the character switching is really fluid um, and it's pretty as hell. 
um, and it feels awesome. Just to see that kind of dream come true just nudges it slightly above Neo 2 for me on a personal scale this year. I forgot about your uncanny ability to predict all things related to Final Fantasy VII. We used to have fun with that, right, Moose? I see. To predict like day and date and time. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna have to let us know when Chapter 2 comes out. Remember my bet. Remember my bet for about 10 days from now. You remember? Which, which bet? I told my roommate, I'm oh. betting that part two will not have a teaser at the Game Awards. And if I'm wrong, I have to be in her TikTok. Oh, yeah. Please be so wrong. For, for once Please in my life, wrong. I'm saying you don't have Please a Final Fantasy trailer. I'm, 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 you need to send that, and I'm going to have that as Story Route Zero's pinned tweet. Mm. <laughs> 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 Moose. Um, Bloodborne. <laughs> Had to. Had to. Favorite combat. Um, honorable mentions. Uh, Vigil, uh, The Longest Night, which is the, mentioned it kind of later here in the year. It's like um, 2D side-scrolling Bloodborne mixed with Dark Souls a little bit. Um, I like the combat in it. It's different enough from other 2D side-scrollers and Dark Souls games, but it still kind of has the same um, blueprint, I would say, you know, to the to the, how the game behaves and, and what you're looking for when you're playing it. So um, that's an honorable mention. Uh, combat's really good in that. Uh, Scourgebringer. Um, Jason is an asshole. Um, so we were sitting there and Jason's just like, there's a demo for Scourgebringer. And I'm like, he's like, remember that game? And I'm like, no. So I downloaded the demo. I played like two minutes of it. Went out to the, I was on my Switch. I went out to the homepage of the Switch, deleted the demo and immediately went to the store and bought it. And, and played And then went to our Facebook chat and said, fuck you, Jason. (laughs) Yes, I did. And immediately went to the Facebook chat and said... F you, Jason. But the, the combat is a lot of fun. You, you got like a melee, you got a ranged, it's fast, it's furious, if you like. And it's um, it's really like, uh, it can be bite-sized if you want it to be. Like it's, it's really pick up and play, which is nice. Like you don't really have to like memorize like, how do I parry? You know what I mean? Like you don't, it's not like Dark Souls where you're like have to like practice pairing for a while and then if you haven't been playing it, like you kind of forget or whatever, you know what I mean? So um, the controls are are tight and they're easy to pick up and, and remember. And then uh, my number one is Hades. Hades controls are just friggin' awesome. Like it plays really well. Um, I, I would maybe remap some buttons, but other than that, like, like if I die, I'm never like, oh man, I hit that button and it just didn't register or something like that. So I feel like they did a really good job with uh, handling how the main character controls inside the world. So that's my number one. Matt? Uh, this is combat, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so <clears throat> I've got five. Uh, number five goes to Tsushima. Um, we're probably going to be talking about this a lot. 
Number four for me is actually Hades uh, because we're going to, we're probably going to be talking about a lot. I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad by comparison of what I had in my top three, but uh, the, the top three were very distinct for me in ways that, that Hades just wasn't. Um, Number three, mobile suit Gundam extreme versus maxi boost on. Uh, I got into, I bought this game and I didn't play it for a few weeks. And then I ended up uh, getting into a tournament in this game uh, with a bunch of folks from the uh, abnormal mapping community. And these are all people who just know a shit ton about Gundam and uh, picking their brains about, you know, how to, how to use different suits. I found myself getting better pretty at, at a steady clip but what really makes this combat sing is um while ultimately these are giant unwieldy robots all of them all 100 and i think 80 something suits feel different the variants feel different uh so if you have the rx 78-2 and a variant or a variant of it it will feel different uh, the variants of the Barbatos feel different. The variants of the Zaku, which is not a Gundam, feel different. Um, but uh, it is it is a... I wish there was an offline mode for this game uh, because I, w- I would play it more and it would be a lot less intimidating. Uh, my number two is Streets of Rage 4. Uh, pro- this is probably the nostalgia pick in the category because I spent a lot of time with this series when I had a Sega Genesis. Uh, but this is some of the best beat 'em up combat I've I've played in years, and uh, I like how they do the risk reward system of doing a special move that takes away your health. But the longer you go without uh, getting hit, you gain that health back. Uh, my number one is uh, is Yakuza Like a Dragon uh, for a series that was basically a 3d beat em up for a long time. Uh, they switched. Uh, now I don't, I can't compare this. Cause I've never played a, a Yakuza game, but they switched to turn-based and as someone who goes back and forth on turn-based combat in, in, in a mod, in, in games that are more modern, uh, this is this is fantastic. Um, I, I do like that when it's not your character's turn, you're not just waiting to be hit. Like you have you have agency in the conversation of, of, of a fight. Um, I do like the how they implement each of the party members' classes. Um, now there are some of these that are kind of problematic, like. You get a you get a homeless ex nurse in your party, and uh, he does a he does a halitosis thing, and that's kind of like that's a bit close to the bone when you're talking about being homeless. Like, really, their only weapon is their bad breath. Like, that's bad. But um, but a lot of this is done so so well, and um, and it, it it's it is made such an impression on me that 
Except for top spot in combat. Sorry for talking so long. Favorite game mechanic? Mine's um, in Blood Roots. The fact that you can literally pick up any object. Another fucking game I forgot to play. Sorry. (laughs) You could pick up anything. (laughs) You could like throw a guy into a table and then pick up a table leg and beat the next guy with it. Like take a ladder, spin it around, take out three guys and then use the ladder. Like it just was so cool how they just, there's so many possible weapons that they had. Uh, I thought that was just a blast. Kayla? Um, so, honorable mentions, uh, the standoff mechanic in Ghost of Tsushima is fucking awesome. You feel pretty badass. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, real high on my list, too. <laughs> so, um, then I'm going to put burst counters from Neo, which is kind of like an additional parry mechanic that they put into the second game that was not in the first game, and it's because... So in the first game, you had living weapon from your guardian spirit. Now your guardian spirit is more closely related to your character's demon half. Um, and depending on which of the three types of like demon your guardian spirit falls into, you have three different like burst counters. And this is also kind of like a most improved mechanic for me because I was very worried about it when I first experienced this new mechanic. Um, and I want to say the alpha last year and then to, to this year when the game actually released, they improved the uh, the cue that the the red cue on screen that lets you know it's coming they improved the response times and it it really did add another parry to an already ridiculously deep combat system and it felt amazing when you when you learned that mechanic and pulled it off so that's got to go in there um also up there for me is atb in seven remake i love how they put atb in this game the way it feels awesome your atb slowly fills up on its own like it would in a regular um seven ff7 game um but it's sped up when you take damage or deal damage um and so um your square button whatever triangle is mapped to your normal attacks but you need to spend atb bars to do anything beyond just regular melee attacks so like using items or spells and spells cost ATB and magic which sounds like it doesn't work it sounds like it would be a restriction on the player but it absolutely works um I love the ATB system and the tactical slowdown mode so you can play FF7 as a turn-based game you can play it as a fully action game but if you play it as the hybrid experience you have that tactical slowdown mode that they showed off in E3 last year where you're scrolling through your menu and the whole combat is like in super slow-mo and it's like yeah we're sexy and we know it looks really cool um and it lets you play a strategy game in the middle of an action game and it's just awesome but my number one i didn't know lmfao was in final fantasy no i'm kidding (laughs) my number one mechanic is dying in hades um because i think in my article about hades i said that um the bane of repetition that plagues all roguelikes becomes a weapon in the hands of Supergiant, and it's tied to how yeah. they reward you for dying yeah. in this game, including when you beat the game and then die and go back to the beginning and play again and again and again until you get the credits. Um, dying is its own reward is, is a tagline for many roguelites, but this is the first time I felt it was actually true because of the steady reward of not only mechanical progression with your character and upgrades, but with the story progression and the character interactions. Um, I have to give it up to Supergiant for this one. 
word. Moose? So piggybacking on that, that was my honorable mention because like <clears throat> the, the, the way they dealt with the mechanics of the story in Hades was awesome because like even when you died or even when you're coming to an end of a run and you're like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it or whatever, you're at, at least in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, I might get some upgrade materials or also I can go get more of the story. You know what I mean? It's not just like, oh, it's kind of a waste from here on out until I die. Like, and then if I die, I got to start it all back over again. Like you have, they made the, the hub of where you are when you die, like so integral to like the game that it's, it's awesome. It's not just somewhere where you go upgrade and then run off and, and go back and try and throw yourself at, you know, at the, at the uh, enemies again. You actually, you can run around, you can talk to people. There's quest lines for everybody's story that you can unlock as you're playing and as you're going through. And so it's just, it was a really awesome mechanic. I thought that they, that they, and it made roguelikes bearable. Not that they weren't, not that they weren't for me personally before, but I feel for other people. You're getting some looks over there from certain, certain parties. It's okay, Moose. I'll back you up. I'm no, I'm not giving him a look. No, I'm Jason, not talking about you. Oh. Jason. Oh, okay. We said certain people. I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, no, there's parties. You people. Matt. You people. <laughs> Us roguelike people. No. Anyways. Um, anyways. Yes. Is that uh second honorable mention is the stink shot in Wildlands. It's awesome. I know it's kind of like cheating. It's kind of like quote unquote easy mode, but when you play solo, you have three other squad mates. And they're basically three sync shots. You can set them up to pick targets. And then you can be the person taking the fourth shot and you can take out four people at a time. But it's awesome when you're like trying to like sneak into a base and you're like, I don't want this to take forever. I don't want to take every shot. You can set them up, take out the snipers first, work your way, start in one corner of the base and work your way across using your sync shots. And it's, it's a lot of fun to like pick and be tactical and whatnot, so it, that's it's satisfying when you hear choo, choo, choo. yeah, yeah, or <laughs> like 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 you're watching and you shoot the guy and you kill your guy and it's in a crowd of three other guys that you marked as targets and they all see that guy die and then all of them all of them just drop like crazy like they're all just like dead and it's like yes it's like so good. Um, my favorite mechanic is swimming and eating and attacking in Man Eater. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Like just, I was swimming. hoping this game would get mentioned. Like, like you, the, I'm pretty sure you're the only one that played it. I'm pretty uh, sure. Probably, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I, I know I that would be a miss for you, Mike. An, another, another goddamn game I forgot to fucking play. Um, but it is just so fun. Like it's like Grand Theft Auto in the water. Like you're just swimming around. The swimming mechanics are good, and then just like attacking and like eating things. It's just. It's just so satisfying to come up on somebody on a near beach, swimming off the coast of a beach, and just chop into them and like shake them to death. It's yeah, it's it's good. It's a lot of fun. But that's my number. That one. game provided my probably my favorite ending to an episode of this show this year because it was you singing "Man Eater" by All Oats. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that. Uh, Matt. Okay, my um, uh, I got I got a bunch of I got a bunch of mechanics. Um, so number five, I'm gonna start with soccer from Captain Tsubasa, Rise of the New Champ, Rise of the New Champions. 
part FIFA, part NBA Jam. Your goalkeepers have a life bar. It's really fun. Uh, and and anime anime stuff happens. It's great. Um, <clears throat> fishing in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, while I was still playing that game, I got a lot of zen joy going after the fish in that game. Uh, then standoffs from Ghost of Tsushima. I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about this a lot. Uh, my number three is swinging in Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Better than the first game. Uh, two is death in Hades. Uh, another thing we're probably going to be talking about a lot. Uh, and number one, sleuthing in Paradise Killer. Um, it's pretty much the entire the entire loop. But in a lo- in my experience with detective games, uh, a lot of that sort of organizing of information is on the player and can get really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Paradise Killer's interface uh, took a lot of great ideas from the Outer Wilds from last year. I'm not sure that Kaizen Gameworks did this, but it's the closest reminder I have, considering I played it, I played it last year, and, uh, and, and this game is, is friggin' special, and you also play it. That's me. Uh, the one thing on the Miles, um, I'm not saying Peter Parker was better. Why couldn't Miles backflip? We mentioned it last week. Oh, no, I'll tell you. I played. I went. I couldn't think of what to play earlier today after work. I went back to 2018 Spider-Man because I'm like, all right, I could get the rest of these trophies since I found my save file. And he, but he, he backpedals too. Oh, I he feel does. like I remember it being more fluid for some same reason. i remember it too but we remembered wrong because the human memory <laughs> is is fallible <laughs> so so no nah, I I, you know it's a, i don't think it's a, i don't think it's that that big a deal but like basically rose-colored glasses are still a thing um, i mean it makes sense though because you're going forward should hold back like if backflip was a button versus holding the stick backwards and expecting to keep your momentum I yeah. get it from that, but I, for some reason, like you, I remembered it being more fluid. I, f- I feel like because you're holding, because you had to hold the, I know with Miles Morales, you had to hold the square button to do tricks. I'm pretty sure you had to do that in 2018, too. That I don't remember from earlier. But um, I figured if the square button was engaged, forward momentum would con- would continue, but it does not. Favorite controls. Um, so this one's, so this is obviously my opinion. As you know, I haven't played Warcraft in 12, 12 years, playing it all this year. I never felt more comfortable again. Like it, it was like, it just was like, like getting on that bicycle. Yeah. You yeah, got, like, you got back on that bike. Just like, like, and it's weird because it's just like riding a mount. You never forget. <laughs> but it's I made an MMO joke. It is. <laughs> it's just weird because the controls in Warcraft for me are different from ever, from the next guy and the next girl. Like you can completely customize it, but I still felt comfortable like with weird combinations that I hadn't used in ten plus years. Um, next was Ghost Runner. 
um, once I got a hang of it, like it's it's they're simple controls, but they require some precision, and it just they felt good once you learned what to do. And number one was uh, Doom Eternal. With all that chaos, to not like get slipped up, I never felt like like fumbled around like or anything like I was always able to just handle everything with ease. Michaela? So honorable mentions, I got Hades in here. Um, I have Miles in here. I have Ori 2 in here, Little Wisps. I have Crash 4 as my number three. Uh, shit is tight, shit is responsive, and it still, still feels like true to the Crash like that you think of. Um, obviously it's, um, it's, it's not the same as PS1 era, but um, the, in, in the way that the Insane Trilogy nailed it, Toys for Bob did a very good job here with Crash 4, um, uh, just like they did with Spyro. I, they're, they're, I got my eye on them. They're very good here, so Crash 4 feels very good. Number two, Seven Remake, and number one, Neo 2. So I had the other way around for the combat, but Neo 2's got the tightest control. It doesn't work if it's not as tight and as responsive as, as it is. This thing targeting 120 FPS in February, I cannot wait for that shit. Um, and uh, it's just like the canceling, everything, everything. Like I said, this game is butter. So good. I can't wait to play it. Oh, yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, you know, like we were talking, I was talking about it as soon as I saw that, that that was coming out. I'm like, that's when I'll buy it on, you know, I'll buy that version on PS5. Well, I'm you know? thinking I might get it because I'm, I'm thinking I might get it on Forge because I know, I think there's probably going to be two trophy lists. Yeah, there's also going to be a free upgrade. If you get like the, the complete or remastered whatever on four, you can, I believe, free upgrade on five anyways. So you don't lose anything by getting it on four. There you go, man. And a lot of the and a lot of the PS4 to PS5 is just like auto sync platinum. So I'm, I'll take a I'll yeah. take a second Morales platinum. So, like I'm not no buying it again in February. I'm just gonna do the free upgrade yeah. in February because I have the complete edition for <clears> games. <throat> I have platinums for both games. Hell yes, yeah. Please give me that shit. Hell yeah. I haven't played the DLC yet for the Ooh. second game, so now I'm just because the third DLC comes out like now um and i'm yeah, going that's... to wait on it to until they they have the ps5 upgrade because why not yeah sure you might as well just wait till it's like smooth as silk you know when you get in there and play it it's yeah. already nice now well, i'm not be... saying that it's not nice now. <laughs> i know i'm just saying <laughs> like like oh. extra smooth you know extra butter it's already extra butter. butter yeah we, we put <laughs> extra butter on i want movie theater butter <laughs> yeah, there we go <laughs> That's the, it should be called the O2 Movie Theater Butter Edition. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, they're not going to figure out any trophies with Neo 2. They couldn't even figure out save files between the PlayStation Plus version and the regular version. They've worked on that for Neo 2, though. Like Neo 2, one of the best things, I didn't mention this as a mechanic, but they made it so that you can easily swap between builds. Like You can save your characters, hit triangle, and switch them. And whereas I think you mentioned that game, on the show. I, I did. You, in the yeah. first game, you had to have like a cloud save backed oh, up somewhere. Fuck. It's, it's, it's an, I, dude, I took so many pictures of my stats because going through all the, all the that, weapon that, challenges. I feel you. That should have been a myth 
Ghost of Tsushima adding loadouts after we all beat it. That's yeah. a miss. Yeah. You messed up, son. Swing and a miss. A little late. Fuck you, insomniac. Jeez. No, um, what's next? Is that it? Nope. Yeah. Okay. Moose? Uh, favorite controls. Honorable mentions. Uh, Spider-Man. Still plays just as well as 2018. Love it. Combat's good. And just like Matt said, just, you know, web slinging throughout New York is awesome. So it's good. It's a good time. It is, it is the fucking freest thing <laughs> I yeah. can think of immediately in games. Um, and then Scourgebringer is number two. Uh, they're just, it's just awesome. Like you just move so fluidly. The controls work so well to help you move fluidly throughout the levels. Uh, and then number one is Hades. Yeah, just love Hades. But anyways, it's gonna be number one for me for a lot, guys. Yeah, just it's, it's bu- buckle yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that's gonna be a pattern. I'm here for it. Uh, I believe that puts us to me. Yep. Yes. So uh, n- number five, Risk of Rain two. That game's good. Got 1.0 this year. I'm key. I'm 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 it, it, it's in. Uh, that game is so much fun to play. Uh, uh, for Captain Tsubasa, Rise of New Champions, uh, anime soccer is a good old time. Three, Ghost of Tsushima. Two, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and number one, what Lou said, Hades. It's a good list. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a, interesting. We are up to favorite boss fight. Dun, dun, dun. A wee back. A wee back. Favorite boss fight. So, my first one is, um, well, it's a tie in this one game, but you guys can tell me if it qualifies. Does the vulture fight in Miles Morales count? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it does. So that and Prowler. I had a blast with those two fights. The Prowler fight at the end. uh, Yeah, I... I don't know what... It's really fun with the headphones. It's really fun with the headphones because you can hear them all around you. Yeah, yeah, like, I I mean, you know, I honestly... I... I thought the I thought the vulture was cool for like just like a story perspective and like you know Miles coming into his own as a as a as a Spider Man, but um, boy, but like ni- neither neither of the boss fights did anything for me personally other than other than like the ancillary stuff. But that's cool. Those are they aren't bad fights at all. And the other um, well, the other runner up is from Remnant. Subject two nine two three. Oh Jesus Christ! The Ornstein smog fight. Um, oh God, that fight! It is Broodvac and Varger. I probably yeah, it's wrong. so good. It's so it fucking such a good. Cool fight. Like, um, although I have to give credit to the one fight. Um, I can't think of the name. Best intro in Remnant. Rat. <laughs> the rat gets the rat. squashed. No, there, there, there's, there's one, there's, there are several rats in this arena, and then this rat that's probably like one and a half to two times them with like Freddy Cougar claws 
takes care of them, and then starts walking at you with jazz hands, only to be crushed by the big motherfucker. Yeah, that was probably the best boss fight intro. But my favorite boss fight was the penultimate boss in Doom Eternal, the con maker. Uh, it was just a, a cool fight, like, had you going all over this open-aired arena, and I just, it was, it was so much fun. It was better than the final boss. I've heard the final boss is like an attrition. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of like when, like, I felt that way with um, Bloodborne. Finally got to the queen, and you're like, wait, that was the final fight? Like, for the, it's just like, because Musa, I'm like, wait, that was it? It was harder getting to that fight than it was. Yeah, it's harder to get to it. It's like, yeah. That's your reward. It's yeah. like, it's like a reward. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think the I think, um, I mean, I can't speak for for Doom Eternal that that Yarnum Queen fight. You have to have not learned a lot by the time you get there for that to be a good fight. Right. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if you go there and and just sort of like attempt to like tie a arm behind your back while you're fighting her it becomes it becomes like oh this this actually requires some thought and some some planning but uh if you haven't learned anything going through the chalice dungeons and bloodborne uh then she's then she's a hard fight but if chances are you've learned a thing or two by the time you get there yeah it's always weird to me when games do that but yeah doom did that i felt the set the penultimate fight was so much better than the Final fight. Mm-hmm. Michaela, I mean, what so, what what oh. things about that? Real quickly, just because I have a thought in my head, and if I don't say it, I'm going to kill myself. Um, what stinks about that Yarnum Queen fight is uh, is that you've you fought Garman like mm-hmm. well before. Like if you put Yar- if you put the Yarnum Queen before the Moon Presence and put Garman at the Chalice Dungeons, all of a sudden you have some perfection there. Yeah, that would be. I think that would be a better fight sequence. Just yeah. because you want to earn that platinum after you fight Garen. <laughs> yeah. Michaela. All right. So first honorable mention, uh, Lady Masako from Ghost um, towards the end. Hell yes. Yes. <laughs> and with the red leaves everywhere, oh. it's from the original gameplay reveal that we yes. had in E3. Um, and it felt like a full circle moment. Her side quests were some of my favorite, especially towards the end when you start to learn more about her and her conflicted character, the difficult relationship she's had, obviously, um, with her husband and her sister, and then the secret relationship she had with her maidservant, if that's the right term for it. Mm-hmm. Um, loved everything about that. It was cinematic. It was epic. It was cool. Um, I have some honorable mentions from Neo 2, but one of them is a spoiler, so maybe I won't mention it. No, it's game of the year. You can spoil it. Are you sure? Yep, it's game of the year. There's spo- okay. There's going to be spoilers. Re- I should probably record a spoiler warning for the yeah. beginning. Of this, we didn't so I meant for you guys, because you guys are going to probably play the shit out of Neo 2. Uh, spoilers don't bother me. I'm okay. fine. I mean, it's not like... Yeah, okay. Um, so... Honorable mention, Takichiro. Um, so Takichiro is like your first and best friend in this game, and he turns bad, um, and you do have to confront him on his shit. 
and a lot of time passes and he's aged a little bit since the beginning of the game and I won't go into why or what happens but he is that archetypal like anime character who's like you know in anime like that one who's characterized by the monkey the scamp who, who like jumps around he's kind of like a um a rogue almost uh that's kind he's of that is that is Takichiro um and um, it goes sour at one point, so you got to put him in his place. Um, another honorable mention is he like a, is he like Fredo in The Godfather? Is it like he's kind of like passed over and he feels kind of spurned about that, or is he just just no. decide to be a shit heel? Um, when I say a rogue or a rake, almost or um, a scamp, it's more of a <clears throat> a good intention gone wrong. Um, it becomes a self serving. Uh, corrupt intention type of thing. Um, All right. And then uh, another honorable mention is technically in the epilogue, you fight Billy, and it made me so happy. I love Billy. Billy is what I call William, who is the protagonist from the first game. No uh, shit. Yes, shit. Oh, yes, that's great. Shit. They bring that's him great. back for the epilogue, and you have to fight Billy um, for reasons right. I won't go into. Is but that a then good fight? friend again and then you get to play with Billy um it's a good fight it's um you don't you don't kill him it, it stops before the health bar runs out kind of deal I feel like we should have Stan's dad going or Stan's grandpa going yeah Billy <laughs> um and I won't I yeah so and then my number one from Neo but not my number one overall is Otakamaru who is the um the final boss before the epilogue content and okay. he was just cool as fuck he was just really cool um, that was a villain done right. Um, he, it's like a not my final form villain where, you know, you've seen him all throughout the story and then it's like the next level bad guy and he's um, just uh, cool. He he wields all of the like different demonic powers, the three different demon types for your garden spirits is fused into this fight. It's really slick. The patterns are really cool. He looks really awesome, and it feels really good when you fucking murder him in the face. Oh, is is it like Nobunaga good from the first Neo? I would say so, in my own okay. personal opinion. Awesome. Um, Atakamaru was a very satisfying final fight, because you know in Neo, it's never final. There's always more content. Yeah, there's always, there's, all, there's always some shit about to go down. Yes, but he is the end of the main story boss. Um... And then my number one boss fight from this year is the fucking Hell House from Final Fantasy VII Remake. This thing is ridiculous. It is hilarious. And it made me so fucking happy. So the Hell House is a house that's kind of like possessed by a demon. It's kind of like a Baba Yaga, but more robotic type of deal. Um, it was just a regular enemy that you had in random encounters in a specific section of like the um, like sector five, sector six, connecting underground area in the original uh, FF7. And they took this just throwaway random encounter enemy and turned it into this huge boss fight um, where you need to know your elemental magic. And there, it, the house literally is flying around. There's fireworks going off. You're in a coliseum, so there's a crowd cheering. Um, it's really awesome. It's really cool. It's at one of the peak pinnacle coolest they nailed it sections of the game which i will get into in our next category so i'm not really going to talk about it here but the hell house the music about it the the fight itself the nod to the original game 
everything about it was hilarious and perfect at the same time. And it was also probably one of the hardest boss fights, most challenging and therefore most rewarding boss fights in the game. Because if you don't know the trick to it, and even when you do know the trick to the fight, it can still lay you flat on your ass. Um, since I did the platinum for this, I had to do new game plus extra hard mode, all this shit. Um, and that was the, the one fight. That was the one fight that really gave me trouble because at one point the Hell House starts spitting out tonberries. And if you know Final Fantasy, tonberries are these little like green lizard monk dudes. And all they do is carry a lantern and walk around and stab people with a knife and it does nine, 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 nine damage. So it's a one hit KO. So it spits out three of them at once. So you have to like kill these freaking tonberries. Meanwhile, the Hell House is flying around doing all these ridiculous things. It is just mayhem and it's awesome. feel like you dropped acid then talked about stuff yeah i did that's what i did during the break <laughs> awesome <laughs> nice boost all right so honorable mentions uh first one is the tower in jet lancer so like jet lancer is like a gold indie that you should play it came out earlier this year it's like a fighter pilot style game but it's it's like um, it's like you're watching it from top down view, but it doesn't control like a twin stick shooter. So uh, what is, is it? it like, left, is left it like rush. Raiden from or like the nineteen? No, you know uh, what was it? What was Roof Rousers? Years, yeah, it's kind of like that where you're just okay. flying all around and like do loops and stuff. And so like you're trying to get used to the game, and then you you happen upon the boss, and it took me like three tries to kill him just because you know wasn't used to the controls, but. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend checking out uh, Jet Lancer if you get a chance. It is on say, sale currently for the cyber sale. Uh, second honor mention is uh, Meg from Hades. Uh, she is a good fight and a lot of fun, but she's my second favorite because of the banter back and right? forth in the yeah. game. The banter is just top notch. Um, so good. <laughs> and then so spoilers, good. it could also be somebody else. So it's it's almost kind of like that fight, that quote unquote fight instance in the game, you know, mm-hmm. is is really cool. Like how they mixed it up, but also her, her banter back and forth. Um, and then my number one is uh, Hades from Hades, just because he like... <sighs> Moose got daddy thing, issues. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 like the thing with like roguelikes is like you're just like it takes you forever to get back to the boss, so it takes you a while to like memorize the boss. And then like it was the fifth or sixth time, and I don't know why I didn't expect it, but like there was a second phase, and I'm like, of course, okay. So now you know, it took another like 10, 15 tries to get back there and 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 actually beat him. But I feel. Or you're me texting Jason, there's a second phase! (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, so uh, I feel like my number one advice for any of of Hades is like, slow down, like don't be so aggressive. And so learning his fight and not being so aggressive allowed me to survive more easily. But it's it's a cool fight and how he taunts you and the attacks that he does and then throwing enemies spawns at you and his laser beams can go to hell but uh all in all it's it's a really good fight they they did a really good job capping off you know quote unquote the end of the game you know what i mean with uh with a really good boss fight so that's my number one 
Matt? All right, I got a bit. Um, <clears throat> so uh, my uh, first honor mention is uh, Finn and Miles Morales. Uh, my second honorable mention is I don't remember I don't remember the name and I forgot to look it up, but it is the motorbike Freddie Mercury guy from Streets of Rage Four. Uh, he is a fun fight, and uh, I think he's of the bosses. I think I've fought, I beat that game. Uh, with of all the bosses, he's the one with the most interesting variants uh, in the combat. Uh, next up, Duel at Falling Water in Ghost of Tsushima. Um, in terms, like, I know there are a lot of duels in Ghost of Tsushima, but in terms of, like, out-and-out spectacle, there's this and the side quest that I can't remember that you get like armor after but this is the one that is like it's clear they were looking at they were cribbing every kung fu movie they were cribbing Zhang Yimou's hero or house of flying daggers for this fight but they also made it 100% their own um also from Ghost of Tsushima Lady Masako because if you, if you don't like that fight, I don't know. You can't say you like video games as far as I'm concerned. Um, and you definitely can't say, you definitely can't say, you know, games are like movies because both of these fights are fucking cinematic as shit. Uh, my number one is from Hades. It is Theseus and I can't remember the name of the Minotaur. The reason it is this particular fight uh, and, you know, Mo- and Moose is correct the fights with Meg are, are, are damn near perfect. There is no character um, in the past two to three years that made me hate them as much as Theseus does. Uh, and there's no, there's no, um, I don't know how to, but like, there's no like, I, I, I don't want to disrespect the Minotaur by saying he's like a hanger on. Asterius. Yeah. Asterius? Okay. I don't want to disrespect Asterius by saying he's like a hanger on, but it's just like, yo, why are you with this asshole? Because we all know you are better than this, Asterius. We all know it. We, we, we fought you by yourself and you are, you are a solid, solid Minotaur, man. Well, I think he's also he explains it. He's with he, him at this point. Yeah, you know, it's, there's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so. yeah I, I hang out with assholes too, but I'm not going to defend them. I'll let them defend themselves. Uh, and usually, I try not to hang out with assholes. So that's you know a couple of problems. But Theseus and and Asterius are easily the best boss fight I've had since smog and orenstein from from the first dark souls in 2011 uh when i and and like they fit that they fit that mold so perfectly super giant was definitely looking at that fight 
when they designed this and they definitely found the the right tone and delivery of all of Theseus's bullshit throughout this fight. No, I, I, I was never more frustrated to lose to a boss and I was never more happy to put a boss in the fucking ground. You know, and if I put Theseus in the ground first, I was like super happy, but then I just dealt with the Minotaur. But if I put the Minotaur first, I would basically do an elaborate touchdown dance when Theseus met, you know, his maker. Uh, but Theseus and the Minotaur are my favorite boss fight. It's going to be a lot of Hades, in case you haven't noticed. <clears throat> I don't think I've mentioned Hades yet. Trash. Yet. I said yet. Favorite Yeah, level. there's one category where you have to. You have to mention. I don't have to. Favorite Hades to. character, you kind of need to. Oh, yeah, that's true. Fine. <laughs> I, you know, you know, I was thinking of a different one. Thank you. See, this is... I'm so glad we had you, Michaela. <laughs> what I'm here for. I, I know why I, know I, I, know I bludgeoned the shit out of you with dumb puns. Thank you for putting up with me, but we're really glad to have you. I love memory. <laughs> I, I, fine, I mentioned it. Not as much as you guys. Anyway. <laughs> Favorite, Favorite level. Ooh. The first one for me is in Watch Dogs Legion, Legion. There is a level where... So you control the drone. It's not uh, like you control it all the time, but there's one exclusively where you're flying the drone and performing stuff like for the entirety. I thought it was the coolest thing. Like you had to figure out this one puzzle, go back. Like it was a whole scenario. Uh, number two was the warehouse in Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I've never felt more at home. Load that up and just <laughs> I mean, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. This is it. That's definitely fair. Yeah. Hit that quarter pipe, sail over, get the the uh, the secret tape immediately. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like coming home from college, just being <laughs> in your old room, right? Yeah. And number one for me was the hospital in Last of Us. The whole, I mean, the whole hospital scene level is just great. Last of Us and, 2? Last of Us 2, sorry. Okay, so they do that again. All right, great. There's a hospital scene, there's a boss fight, and then my first legit jump scare is in that level. Michaela knows what I'm talking about. It was I watched one of those, it. I didn't oh, play it because I am spineless. <laughs> shit is, it was, shit is it was like, cause, And it was one of those jump scares where you, you're like, something's going to happen. I know it. I know it. And damn it! It's like the pit of dread <laughs> and you can't do anything about it. You're just, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're like, all right, I know it's it's going to happen anyway. You <laughs> acknowledge that the game is going to get you, whether you like yeah. it or not. <laughs> but I it's like watching whole... a Hitchcock film, you know you're going to get fucked with. <laughs> yeah, that whole level, right up to the end, was my fa- one of my favorites in that game. And that's it for mine. Michaela? So my first honorable mention actually goes to Boletaria, my first mention for Demon Souls remake. Um, it is the intro to the game. It is the first world you go to, um, and it might not be the most intricate or the most standout. I don't know what the fandom really likes out of the five different worlds, but 
Um, the thing that I liked about this one as an introduction to the game and as like the, the foundation that lays the groundwork for how the level design is going to work in the game. Um, like I mentioned, um, I think in the last episode, each individual level between arch stones feels like a microcosm of a roguelike because there are no bonfires. If you die, you go back to the arch stone. Um, and the, of course you can open shortcuts to help your way through and get you to the boss faster. So if you do die, it's right there. You don't have to retrace the whole level, but it, the, the level design felt like an achievement here. And then you add on to it, the attention, the detail and the environments that blue point put in this game. And yeah, yeah, that's my number three. Um, number two is a Neo level called the frenzied blaze. And uh, you guys played the first one. Do you remember the snow level um, in Neo 1 and it, the boss is Yuki Ona? She's like an ice lady in, in, a, yeah. in a house. Yeah. You remember her? Um, yes. One of the so, best boss fights in that fucking game. Oh my yes. god. Um, and, if you, and if you beat her, um, one of the optional side missions in that area, you can fight Yuki Ona and her lover. And, and Oda Nobunaga. Yes, yeah. and Nobunaga. Um, the Frenzied Blaze is about how Yukiona became Yukiona because Neo 2 is a prequel. So instead of being what? That, I, uh, uh, instead of being that abandoned ice level, it is the burning of that of that of that town and that is where Yukiona dies and becomes the demon that you know her as. Oh, get the fuck out of town. I got to fucking play this game. It, was so good like all good prequels it's better if you know the original because it's almost like a sequel in that sense although neo 2 is a prequel and a sequel because the epilogue of neo 2 takes place after neo 1 so the neo 2 is a prequel but the epilogue of neo 2 yes (laughs) um so but the the frenzy blaze it wasn't the only moment where you see like because if you played neo 1 you're going to recognize a lot of characters or, or predecessors to those characters, like, for example, Hanzo's dad, grandfather, dad, Hanzo's dad, or grandfather, I forget which, is in Neo 2. Um, so you're going to notice stuff like that. Um, but the frenzied blaze was the, was the epitome, because you know that Nobunaga and his lover died, she becomes tragically this, this demon that you fight as a really cool ice boss. Um, but this whole level is just that, and you, it's the same area, you're going to recognize it. It's the same area, but on fire but on fire so like there you have to go through it differently oh. because the ice creates paths that the fire might block or something like that or there's new fresh damage that's gonna so but you recognize the landmarks and it's just in that moment i was fangirling so hard and it was so perfect and it's like oh my god i know where i am oh my fuck i know where i am <laughs> god um, damn it now it's a fucking play this game this is so Did good I need to play this game. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. We're gonna have to co-op it at some point. I'm Michaela. down. I'm around. Cool. cool. Um, but my number one. We're gonna have a bunch of Mondays off. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes. But my number one is Wall Market from Final Fantasy VII Remake. So Wall Market could have gone either way. It could have been done very right or very wrong. Wall Market in the original game, there is some sensitive stuff in there that um, they needed to handle the right way to stay true to the story and the characters, but not be, like, offensive. So Wall Market is where um, you have um, the cross-dressing scene for Cloud. He has to sneak into uh, 
an auction for women, basically, and he dresses up as a woman to escort Aerith in there, and you, you find Tifa there, and Don Corneo is basically having his pick of women, and he can pick Cloud. Um, and um, you also have, you know, like, just a lot of illicit activities happening there, but this is where they go ham. They did the honeybee in Justice. They did Cloud's cross-dressing Justice. Everything felt awesome. The music was amazing. It felt like the game you knew, but in Technicolor, because originally FF7, it's, I played it later. I didn't obviously play it when I was three years old and it came out, but this brought dreams to life. It was so awesome. So awesome. The Honeybee in sequence catched, like, catches a lot of new players. They thought it was really cool. For me, it just felt full circle. And it, they kept a lot of the stupid stuff from Wall Market, too, like the squatting mini game. You can go to the gym and, like, have a squat off with some really buff dudes and leotards. You could still do that. It's awesome. It's so dumb. It's great. I love it. And you can have Cloud and Pigtails. fun on my awesome. Thursday. Yeah. And there's just some great, like, Cherith. Cherith was born. Um, there's this one scene where Tifa and Aerith are breaking out of Don Corneo's, and Aerith in her beautiful red dress literally gives a guy the chair like you see the steel chair go up boom right down it's perfect it's great it's i didn't even know i wanted it in my life but now it's in my life forever and it's great and walmart walmart it was so chapter nine is like a crowning achievement for ff7 it was everything i could have hoped for and so much more it's also where you fight hell house <laughs> i remember hell house Honorable mentions, I've got two. Uh, number three is uh, My Island, Animal Crossing. Just chill, run around the level, hang Please out. For, for a shitty ass year, it was just nice going to, going to my moose land and just relaxing. So that's number three. Uh, the Shinra plant reactor in Final Fantasy VII man flashbacks like good flashbacks i was like yeah 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 I, and i really do need to go back and finish it and i want to and possibly platinum it i don't know we're not mentioning platinums yet okay i took a break from platinums i only got one this year so i'm happy about that but anyways um There's still time moose nobody cares seven remakes <laughs> a top platinum though but uh i'm just saying you could you could platinum division too I could and probably will. Platinum Wildlands first. I probably will, but anyways. Uh, so it's it was just a it was just a, a great level and it was awesome being back in that setting again. But like, it was so beautiful. It's so pretty now. Um, and then my number one is Hades. Pretty much any level, any level is just awesome. The artwork is just so amazing. Uh, the level design is just really great as far as enemy placement and you being able to tra uh, traverse the levels, it was just, this is really good. So that's my number one. Okay. I got, I, I, I have, a, I have a couple. Um, I'm going to start with my winner in this category. It is the entertainment from Kentucky route zero. Um, this is, for a game that is basically a, a spin on the uh, point and click adventure that is more text heavy than probably most point and click adventures this side of the eighties. 
the entertainment puts the player in the middle of a play that is happening around them. Uh, you look around the room and you see you see the lights. You see everything basically set around you. It's a very interesting play about, uh, much like the game, it's about capitalism eroding everything in its wake. And um, it is it is one of the best written sections of a game that I can immediately think of. Uh, going back a long ways, um, but uh, it is one of it, it is one of, it is one of those things that it is in the middle. It is between Act Two and Three of Kentucky Route Zero. It's an interlude. I honestly think you don't have to play everything leading up to it or anything after it in order to experience it and like it uh it the beautiful the beautiful thing about the about these interludes despite that they fit into the greater tapestry that kentucky route zero is you can experience the interludes by themselves uh almost however you want and uh the player the player you know how they say like you get what you give into something it's very much that in Kentucky Route Zero, um, and it is one of the one of the perfect things I've ever played in video games. Um, my first runner-up is is basically the game Hades. Uh, those levels are great. Uh, all of them have their own personalities, from the hub world all the way to outside of the underworld all of them have their own feel their own texture and they almost have their own their own differences in immersion uh for the player which is something i don't always think happens in games um i think immersion is thrown around a lot uh i'm not gonna like invalidate people who say they're immersed in in a game's world or anything like that because that would be rude but I don't experience it as much as everyone else talks about it. But there was there was a lot going on in in Hades that is just ultimately a special thing to experience. Uh, the trials the the trials uh, in Paradise Killer are uh, less frenetic versions of the the Phoenix Wright games, uh, but. All, but basically like that's where you see your entire case come together and you see like you can see your own flaws and what you missed and you can ultimately tell your version of the story and that's a beautiful thing that's a beautiful kind of agency that most games sort of don't give the player um I uh I also want to mention, and this, and say, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preempt y'all because I know y'all are gonna want to give me shit. Uh, the Tower of Latria in Demon Souls is one of the best design levels in the history of video games, and I'm going to put it here, very much in the way that Jeff Gersman put Persona 4 Golden on his top ten list without playing it that year, but because. 
Persona 4 had etched a place in his heart. Demon Souls has etched that place in my heart. The Tower yeah, of Lashes. See, Shut I up. Of, the Tower no, of Lashes. I'm, try, I'm in your freaking defense, levels. asshat. I'm saying just, it works for you because you played the original. And yeah. it's a remaster. So that's why I, it works for you. So I apologize, Moose. I apologize. Thank you, I, dickhead. I, 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 I'm going to you. I hate the Cthulhu motherfuckers. <laughs> that's, but, and that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's what's so brilliant about it. Because I remember walking into the Tower of Latria for the first time going, oh, none of these guys have weapons. This is not a problem. Oh, no. It's a fucking problem. They're, they're like, I've watched some gameplay. They're basically the brain stuckers. From, yeah. yeah. From Alien. Oh yeah, from yeah. yeah, from Bloodborne, from Alien, I, they have I, dresses I, on, they they sing, it's fucking creepy. Oh. An episode or two ago, I called the Tower of Latria like proto Bloodborne. That's what I called it. Oh, it definitely area. is. It definitely is. I would say, I would say, Marvelous Chester is the proto Bloodborne protagonist as well from Dark Souls One. But that's you know another discussion entirely. Uh, but yes, that is my last honorable mention. Right. And, uh, and yeah. Probably not going to be the last time Demon Souls mentioned what you say. Favorite world slash game setting. First honorable mention from me, uh, the new expansion for Warcraft. The new um, zones are, I'm not even, I'm only through two of the four. They are really cool. Like it's nice seeing completely different environments. Um, oh, now, as someone who I, I don't know Michaela's experience with WoW, I know Moose has experience with it. Um, Two thousand six. Okay, but what is that? I mean, what what does that mean? Um, like, I can't. Can, no, 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 not you, Michaela. Oh, sorry. <laughs> like, what is, what is that? No, 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 no. I don't and know I, how I, to explain that in other way. <laughs> and 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 like because like. Seeing something new, like what are the differences? I'm curious. Someone think, who is at peak MMO curiosity. So I would like the new the new expansion uh, revolves around these covenants, and each covenant is in the zone. And the covenants are supposed to the short stories they're supposed to keep the peace. You're in the Shadowlands is kind of like purgatory oh, limbo. Okay. Um, they're not keeping the peace. Shit has hit the fan. Um, but each, I feel like the description of each covenant matches the zones. Like the first one, they're more peaceful. They're like about the light. They're like, I don't know, learning. Like it's all bright. Then there's like this kind of hellscape where it's a warring faction. There's like literally a, a giant arena in the center of the zone. And it's just constant fights. Like, all the time. It's like that last fight in Gladiator, but all the time. Like, chariots exploding, bodies, heads popping off. Like, so, like, I just, the way they did it, like, the zones are more active. Like, Moose can attest. There's some zones, like, in Warcraft, like, and I'm not talking about, like, because people aren't playing. Like, they're just, nothing's going on. That's the point. Like, it, it has nothing to do with player population. It's just it's a dead area. It's just yeah, like, it's a dead area. These yeah. feel more I don't know, alive, I guess is the word for it. Um, okay. Plus it's a whole new um a couple of expansions have reused zones, but 
events change them. This is a whole new. So it's a whole new world. Yeah, leap forward. No one. Okay. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm. I want to. I want to. I don't want but, to. <laughs> wanted someone to. Don't you dare to. close your eyes. Okay, I did it. <laughs> uh, second honorable mention: uh, the levels in Hunt Showdown. The world, rather. When you like. Yeah, no, in, I saw the. I remember, I don't, I've only seen the first one, but that there that game that, that area just, has some. Shit the atmosphere is just. Yeah, the atmosphere is just it's so cool. It's, it's, it's creepy, but it's like they did a, a phenomenal job with that. Um, and the, my favorite world, though, Journey to the Savage Planet. All the planets, all the zones, the whole thing. It's like, I would imagine it's like what would happen when Michaela trips acid on the break and starts talking about Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> no, it just... Except like, with a sarcastic ass robot. <laughs> yes. No, though that the world is just so cool. Like everything's alive. Like literally, like plant life is like an eyeball looks at you. You're like, oh, hello, don't step there. <laughs> but yeah, those are my favorite world slash game settings. Michaela. Uh, a couple quick honorable mentions: Demon Souls remake. Um, Hades, top to bottom. Um, and then my top three are Ghost of Tsushima. The whole island of Tsushima is just history and fantasy come to life in a very good way. It is historic fiction. It's not 100% true to history. We know that, and it doesn't bother me. Um, it's gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous, and it's dense, and it's the, the world itself. Like I said, I have problems with a lot of open worlds. Um, Ghost of Tsushima is up there with Horizon for me as one of the best open worlds that I have personally experienced. Um, number two, NYC, Miles Morales. Um, the city is vibrant um, yeah. and the characters and the music come together to make it, I mean, it's not to say it was flat in 2018, but it feels really good in Miles and it's because of characters like Haley and Fuck yes. her street art informs the story as much as it does the environment. Um, and the city is a character in this game and I love it. It's a community and you really get that sense, especially with the ending, um, which, and Spider-Man is unique in that um, he's a character, he's a hero who's built for his environment. So no building is wasted. It's, it's a whole city, so it's big, but it doesn't feel unmanageably big. Um, it, is, it is a dense, um, just joy to explore um, at New York in, in Miles. Um, and then my number one is, you're gonna get tired of hearing this with Seven Remake. Um, seeing that- I love what you love. I'm not gonna get tired yeah. of hearing it. The thing is, Seven Remake brings to life a PS1 game that was a bunch of polygons with no voice acting and the characters weren't to scale with the environments and it makes it a 3D modern to scale game where everything that you had to use your imagination for in the original world, they somehow captured and brought to life and they did it so well. Um, like I said, Wall Market blew my mind and 
head and shoulders above my um, highest expectations for the game. Um, but the whole game, top to bottom, was was really like that. Oh, um, I loved the train graveyard and the things that they did with that. And again, a lot of environmental storytelling happens. Um, it was really just a, a childhood imagination brought to life, um, and everything about it. Like it's it's a twenty three year old setting that is still so thematically relevant today with a lot of the um, the issues that we're handling. Um, politically, with corporations, with our environment. Um, so, so much of it hits home. The plate system, seeing the plate crash in this game, it, which you really couldn't get a sense of scope of in the original. Um, it's just... Can you elaborate a little bit? I will when we get to favorite moments. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's so fine. I promise I will. Okay, that's fine. Shut up. Because <laughs> I was going to say something, but then I'm like, I'll yeah, keep I'm going to wait till we get to favorite moments. So okay, I will fine. There. Fine. But for now, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> so so I, I, I want to clarify something. I know last week I went on a tear about Final Fantasy VII, and I want to clar- I want to clarify because I because I because Moose gave me some flippant laughter. At least that's how I took it. If I'm wrong, I apologize. I am not. I am never going to get tired of someone telling me why they love Final Fantasy VII or why why they love any video game. What pisses me off is if you say you've never played it, and then that like dumbass Star Wars fandom kicks in. They're like, "Oh, but that's the best game of all time. You have to play that." It's like, "No, fuck you, asshole." I'm sick of hearing that mm-hmm. more yeah. than and like but- and and it seems like games from the '90s. If you are, if you are, uh, no disrespect, Michaela, if you are in your 30s, it's like, that's, because Michaela's not, uh, that's what people tend to crutch on in this day and age. And I'm, it's just like, no, I can love video games and not care about Final Fantasy, because ultimately I don't. Tales is better, that's my opinion. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say you're wrong. So I just and that's going to come back to like turn-based and stuff again, where yeah, exactly, everybody's exactly. got their preferences and what exactly. they grew up on. Um, seven, the original seven, has never been my number one favorite game. Again, I played it when it was already a little old. I played it on cool. my PS2. Mm-hmm. It was not my first or second or third Final Fantasy, so it 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 is one that mechanically has not aged well, visually has not aged well. But I love the the characters and the story. Um, so the, the barriers around that game not aging well have come down with this remake, and I'll talk more about that in Favorite Moments stuff later, um, but I was more so apologizing because something about FF7 is in my top one or two for, like, 80% of these categories, so. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. So is and me, I'm, though. And I am, and I am not going to fault you for it. That, you, that none, of, none of that is invalid. I believe it's Moose's turn. Is it? Yes. Yes. Uh, he forgot to write this category. Favorite world slash game setting. No, I was like, wait a second, where am I? <laughs> I'm like, where am I on my list? <laughs> this is Story Route right. Zero, episode 48. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm on Earth? You're in North Carolina. Okay. Um, uh, honorable mention is uh, New York City. Hell yeah. Division 2. Hell yeah. no. But it, it, well, hang on. It's an expansion oh, that came, that that came, came out, out this year. year. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It must be allowed. All right. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's allowed. It's, it's, um, it wasn't, it's just 
awesome being back in New York and, and hope, hopefully they tie both DC and New York in a little bit more for the third game to maybe button up the storyline as far as like, I have a feeling it might be the last game uh, in the series, the next one. Uh, but anyways, so New York, it's, it was fun running around New York again, fighting some of the old uh, enemies from the first game uh, and uh, finishing some uh, storylines from the first game. Uh, second one would be Japan goes to Tsushima. Beautiful. Loved it. It was, it was a lot of fun to move around in that world. See, I, I told y'all there were some positives for the game. Like I said, I had issues with the combat, and I think it's me, but I know a lot of people still had issues with it, like I did. Pretty but anyways, well, otherwise the game is shit. <laughs> beautiful world, story's great, and, and, and they were minor issues, but anyways, sure. good. And then uh, uh, number one is Hades. So just it's just awesome. Like, yeah. I, you can't, I mean, great world, great levels, great story, great just art style, artwork. Like, not only is the art style awesome, but just like, it's just high end quality, like, as far as like the drawing and the animations. Um, so, anyways, that's my number one. And I'm good. Matt? Okay, so we're going to get a little weird. Uh, I'm going to start. Awesome. I'm going to start with Yokohama from Yakuza Like a Dragon. I really like walking around this place. I liked walking around Kamurocha for the first few parts, but it felt like super limiting where I can just, I'm, I'm at a section in the game now where I can kind of just go all throughout Yokohama, do some karaoke, you know, scrounge for some money, you know. Yakuza is really fucking cool. Um, and that's an honorable mention. Next honorable mention, I'm actually putting Hades here uh, because they're, as much as I love Hades, I feel like all of them stand apart as individual levels. So I thought giving them the shine in the level category was more appropriate. Uh, next, the world of Blaze Ball. This now I realize that this game world is ultimately a fantasy sport, but the lore that happens with a season and the fact that one of the seasons culminated in a giant JRPG Dragon Quest battle instead of a Blaze Ball game, like yo, this game is crazy, and uh, I I fucking love it, and they keep they keep finding ways to either subtly or bombastically outdo themselves. And I, I love the fact that it is still changing at this point in time. Uh, next is Paradise 24 from Paradise Killer. Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is a beautiful neon-drenched Technicolor splendor uh, of an island. And uh, it's fun to it's fun to wander in. It's fun to get lost in. And there's always something around. There there seems to be always something around a corner that you didn't see before, or if you just turn that corner for the first time, there are rewards for the player around almost every corner. My runner up is Moon World from moon 
this is, you know, ultimately, if you look at it uh, from a gameplay perspective, it looks like a, a less pixelated Dragon Quest world, but uh, it is a, it is alive and and vibrant in a way that uh, most JRPGs that I can think of immediately are not because uh, because uh, there's a day-night cycle in it. Everyone has their routine. Sometimes routines change and uh, it, 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 is a, it is a fun thing to walk around in and discover stuff in. As much like Outer Wilds from last year, th- different things happen at different times uh, in the clock. It's, and it's a, it's, it's always a rewarding discovery. Uh, my my favorite, however, is uh, the Zero from Kentucky Route Zero. I need to play that game. It's uh, it is it is it is a thing that is completely abstract and theater of the mindy, more so than getting lost in a in a in a graphical powerhouse. But going through that game, I was transported in a way that I've not been before. And I'm just, I'm just so glad as someone who's wanted to play this game since it first came out in 2013, or since the first act came out in 2013. Uh, I'm glad I, I'm glad I waited for all five acts to be done. And I'm glad that the payoff remained potent. Uh, it is one of the best games I've ever played. It's, 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 it's gorgeous. Uh, despite not requiring much of a PC to play. That's them's, them's my worlds. Thanks. Nice. And now we're at the biggest dork. And <laughs> 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 My runner-up, fine. I picked a Hades character, you jerks. Skelly. Yep, bingo. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. He's so lovable, though. He's a dork, but he's lovable. But my my biggest dork is Kenji from Ghost of Tsushima. Ooh, he's my runner-up. I mean, he's my runner-up. As much I talked a ton of shit on Kenji. I mean, he's my runner-up. I mean. <laughs> He he messes up a lot, but he 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 brings the booze. Yeah, he's definitely straight out of Akira Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress. Those are my two dorks, Michaela. I have four runner-up Kenji's in there. Um, Akichiro, who I talked about earlier as the scamp from Neo Two, is in there. Um, Wedge from Final Fantasy VII. He's one of the three Avalanche guys. He's the, he's, he's the chubby guy. <laughs> Wedge is from Star Wars, not Final Fantasy. God, no, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> Wedge has been in more Final Fantasy games than Star Wars. Movies. Probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> and number one is Skelly. Because, I mean, come on. The statues at the end. Yeah. Skelly's pretty great. Moose? See, sadly, I never got that far, so I don't know how dorkish that is. Oh. But anyways, honorable mention. Oh, it's, it's, it's dorkish. <laughs> right. Wedge from uh, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Miles Morales from uh, Spider-Man. 
And then yeah, my number one, yeah. Hypnos from Hades. He's a damn dork, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I love, he was just like such a half-hat, like you know he was getting high every fucking second <laughs> of the day. That boy was smoking pot nonstop, but it was, it was just hilarious. He was, he was funny and he was extremely dorkish. So that's my list. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, I have five. Genki from Spider-Man Miles Morales. He's lovable, and and, and he he's actually he's actually a wonderful foil for Miles in uh, several cutscenes that they're in together. Uh, next up, Kenji from Ghost Tsushima, uh, and uh, I'm I'm changing the order as I do this. Then it's Shinji from Paradise Killer who basically looks like the Xenomorph, is bright blue, walks around with his dick out, and he has four arms. Two of them are like this, and the other two are like this. (laughs) Shinji rules. Uh, And and, um, my number one, Orville and Wilbur from Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh! Those two, (laughs) they they are the most lovable assholes in that whole game. (laughs) <laughs> from or from Orville's, you know, you know, straight, straight. I think I'm remembering straight, but his straight laced. You know, I'm gonna be the perfect representation for the for Dodo Airlines to Wilbur's. Like I am Tackle Perry from fucking Police Academy. <laughs> Orville and Wilbur rule. Let's move on. Favorite new character that's not in Hades. So my runner-up is Mason, the main character from West of Dead, voiced by Ron Perlman. I mean, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I should have predicted that. I should have bet. <laughs> I should have made a bet. But my favorite new character is Echo, E.K.O. the robot from Journey to the Savage Planet. Okay, I, I should have made a bet here. <laughs> who wouldn't want to be stranded and have a sarcastic robot that kind of, sort of helps you, but has no problem if you die? Yeah, it wouldn't I mean, be boring. Uh, yeah, those are the two. Michaela? Number three, I had Haley from Miles Morales. Um, mm. Number two, I have Yuna from Ghost. Um, love Yuna. And not just because Yuna is from FF10, but... Um, and number one, I have Kasumi from Persona 5 Royal, who is not the only new character that they added to Royal, but it's the biggest one because she's the new Phantom Thief. Um, nice. and yeah, she's Spoiler, geez, now I'm not gonna play. She's it not Makoto, but she is a good runner up. Moose. Alright. Uh jeez, this is just insanity. Uh Layla from uh Vigil, Longest Night. She's pretty cool. She's the main character. Just coming back to town, trying to figure out what's going on. And then you just go on an adventure with her. Mm-hmm. So she's pretty cool. Uh, I enjoy the story so far. What, speaking of, Matt, that update I talked about is fixes the save crashes. So oh, anyways, good. All we right. can go back to it now. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> honorable mention number two is Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Like Tim. He's not new. He was in 2018. But still... 
Kiss my ass. It's my okay. list. I do what That's I want. That's fine. There, there you and go. Then, That's your answer. Uh, my number one is Tom Nook. Even though he is not new to the series, he's new to me. So okay, I enjoyed the heck out of. I thought he was nice because he was like, you know, I'm gonna do this deal for you, but you could pay me back whenever you want instead of you know like pay. You could you want to expand on your house? It's gonna cost you a million bells, but you could pay it off whatever you need to. You know, so fucking like shifty him. ass dirt bag. He is a shifty <laughs> ass dirt bag. But anyways, I like that. Uh, that's all right. Uh, that's all right. My my my. I, I say least runner up, but I don't mean it pejoratively. My least runner up is Isabel from Animal Crossing. She's not new, but she's new to me. Uh, right above her, Ichiban Kasuga from Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, love that man. He rules. Right above him. Lady Love Dies, Paradise Killer. Right above her, Yuna and Masako, Ghost of Tsushima. And right above them, a tie from Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Haley, and Spider-Man. Yes, I'm talking about the cat, Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man the cat fucking rips. And I will defend my choice with my life. Cat finishes are the best part of Miles Morales. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you. And you can just show up at Tails Bodega, pet him whenever you want. Fucking awesome. Favorite character in Hades. My first honorable mention, because he deserves it, Cerberus. You gotta give the Yes. Dog. Yes. Second the highest motherfucker in Hades, Hypnos. <laughs> he had some of the best lines. Some of those, some of those, like, wait, you just died? You like, you just died? Oh, natural causes got you again. <laughs> and number one, obviously, Skelly. Skelly's my boy. Yeah, Skelly's really good. Kayla. All right, I couldn't do three. I had to do five, but I'll be quick here. You only did five? Controversial list. I made myself <laughs> stay down to five. Fuck. Because it had Next to be a year. list. So, um, number five, I have Sisyphus, the man, oh, the myth, the legend. Rules. Sisyphus. Uh, number four, I have Cerberus, because good boy. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, I have Zag himself. Uh, Number two, I have Meg. And number one, I have Nyx. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I, that's not controversial at all. Nyx rules. Nyx I is feel, great. Nyx is, is, is low-key, like, the mother. strongest character in that yeah. game. Yeah, she is the adoptive mother who is not threatened by the biological mother. She is just about advocating for her son. Yes. And cool as fuck because she's the mother of night. So yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with know. the wildest hairdo on the fucking planet. Right. Moose. All right. So I've got. I kept my list to three. Uh, honorable mention number three, or you know, number three is Hypnus. He's awesome. Loved him. He's dork. And just like you said, he's got a lot of good lines. And just like when you like appear in the river and he's just like wakes up because he's been sleeping and nodding off. So 
They just shocked as shit that someone has come to say hi. <laughs> right. My number two is a tie because they were equally as awesome. Cerberus and Hermes. Cerberus is awesome because, you know, obviously a good boy who doesn't love dogs. And then Hermes just has some of the best, some of the funniest lines when you're out there, like getting your ass handed to you. And then he just shows up as a boon and he's just like, oh, this will help you move a little bit faster. You know, he's got like some. <laughs> next, <laughs> next time you're visiting that person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then um, I had Zagoras as uh, number one. Just because, I mean, not only because he's the main character, but he had a good story arc and a good interaction with all the other characters in the game. So I liked him a lot. Plus Darren Corb voiced him. So that's awesome. Fucking A he did. Yeah. yeah. But that's that. Yeah. So, so for me, so for me, uh, I, I had the hardest fucking time trying to figure out how to even rate this. I think I wrote down every character and some of them twice, but I'm going to just, I'm just going to, I'm going to say my favorite is Artemis. Um, and this is, I, I just, I, I love Artemis. Artemis is, if I, if Artemis is my vibe and I, I'm, I love Artemis right behind her Cerberus and then right behind Cerberus uh, Eurydice. Those are those are my top three. Um, I and I think if you were to ask me this tomorrow, you would get three different answers. So those are those are what I'm going to say today. But like every character in this game is fucking gold. There's not a bad character in this game. Let's keep it going. Moose, introduce the next category. The style. Changes <laughs> <laughs> every time. Or stop. I only have one for this, and I'm going Neon Abyss. Ooh, okay. I just, yeah, yeah whole, all right. This, okay. The world, the the power-ups, the the bosses, the NPC, just everything. It's it's a fucking package, that game. Yeah, just mm-hmm. I think last year I picked Rad. I like the neon themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing okay. quite there's nothing quite scream style like neon. Go ahead, Michaela. Uh, two honorable mentions. Hades. I love Supergiant and they're, they're, the vibe they give. It's almost like a watercolor sort of. I don't even know what the fuck, but it's cool. Um, and you can't do this category and be me and play what I've played and not mention Persona 5 Royal because that game is just trying to be style the whole mm-hmm. fucking time. Um, or the inspirations for the category. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the menus are sexy. Like, come on. They uh, are, they are, I've never played it, but I've seen the menus and they are nice. They are really nice. <laughs> like, um, every, everything, about, everything about Persona 5. Yeah. But number one, I am actually going to give to Miles Morales for the way that they animate Miles, the way that he moves, the music that they picked, and again, that vibrant community city, the way that his New York is a little different than Pete's New York, I'm giving it to Miles. I like that. The way he fits in it. The way he fits in that New York. The biggest thing to me comes down to how they animated the way he moves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The way he walks, the way he's in cutscenes, the way he web swings. Nailed it. Yeah, they did a great job with it. 
Like the only thing, I'm sorry, but the only thing stylish about Peter Parker is when he goes, are you from another planet? Nah, I'm from Queens. <laughs> like that's really, <laughs> that's really it. Moose, I believe you're up. All right, honorable mention number one is Ninth Dawn 3, which is like Terraria. It, it, it's, it's really interesting. It's like, it's like Pixel and it's got like, it looks like it's like paper Mario-ish because like you're like a piece of paper moving around when you flip and stuff like that. It's just, I like the way it looks because I love Terraria and I like pixel uh, game, pixel art games. Terraria so, is real good. Yeah, but uh, that's num- that's the first one. Second one is Vigil, The Longest Night. Um, it's got a good dark, stylish setting. It's like, I feel like it'd be Bloodborne if it was... Um, a little bit more Dark Souls-ish. So it's got a really cool like setting to it, gothic setting. The uh, bosses are awesome. The characters are really cool. And your main character, you, you have different loads at, loadouts and different outfits that you can wear, which is kind of stylish. And then uh, number one is Hades. Just the, the whole thing. Just everything. The characters... The level designs, just, you know, everything you could possibly think of that game is just freaking insane. So, that's that. For me, coming in at number four, Moon Remix RPG Adventure. Um, This game is just as off-kilter as its premise, and that makes it all the more lovable. Number three... Is Hades because Supergiant, every one of their games has style. Hades is probably the most Supergiant style. Number two, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Um, for being okay. as for being as painterly as their games are, this game comes together in a way that neither that none of their previous games have. I don't remember. Um Odin Sphere very much, but I but I still have it and I'm gonna go play it again. I will, I promise. Uh but with like Dragon's Crown, like all all of that, yes I will, Moose. All of that comes together in a really cool Renaissance sort of way. Uh and then this is like retro future in a way that is that fits and feels very snug. Uh number one is Paradise Killer for me. Um it is uh it is Everything about it from the neon-drenched island of Paradise 24 to the wild cast of characters to the wonderful um, the wonderful soundtrack that is basically somewhere between Shoji Maguro, who did Persona's music, and late 70s, early 80s Japanese city pop, predominantly instrumental. It is funky, fun and sleek in a way that um most games try and go after but 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 fail to reach favorite moment number four for me the ghost of shishima decapitation scene where he jumps over the balcony after um blowgunning those two guards and then the uncle opens the door and he's like what what bring it <laughs> <laughs> that's a good moment 
Um, number three, pretty much every level in Tony Hawk. Um, the first time I went to them, remembering like the nostalgia's there, like the mm-hmm. music, like like just every level. I mean, that game introduced me to the Dead Kennedys. So, that, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I did not know I'd heard of the Dead Kennedys, but hearing Police Truck, like, it's always going to be nostalgic for me. Number two, because the embargo's up, Chronos Before the Ashes. Pretty much any time I saw a remnant, like, not reference because it's the, they're tied together, but like something I knew from Remnant, and it was explained in Cronus, and oh, oh, or aha. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're saying that actually, that's actually like worth it? And yes. Fuck. Goddamn wallet. <laughs> anyway, it's only it's under thirty. It's not enough. <laughs> Number one, I'm, though, I'm is, building Gundams now. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know my pain. <laughs> number one, though, is uh, Doom Eternal. Um, as badass as Doom Slayer is, they give him a sword, a giant like cloudbuster size sword, Fuck. And, he, <laughs> and it's just like Doom 2016, where you get the BFG. You yeah. get the sword, and they kind of like overcharge your ammo, and they're like, just "Go play." Yeah. And you wreck stuff. Michaela? I'll go through these kind of quick. Some of them I've sort of already mentioned. Neo 2, the frenzied blaze, when I realized where I was and that I was playing out the beginnings of Yukiona's story when it turned bad. Awesome. Um, number two, when I saw Billy in the epilogue, <laughs> made my day. I'm going to keep calling him Billy. Um, Do it. Number three, um, is I believe the beginning of chapter two in Ghost of Tsushima when you become the outcast, your horse gets murdered. The entire tone of the story turned on a dime and it was awesome and horrible at the same time. Um, number four, real quick, Persona 5 Royal pulls a Marvel post credit scene and I was like, what? <laughs> Gotta wait for the rest of the story in the next game, which is probably the Muso which has not come out of Japan yet. Um, That's and then, Scramble, right? Yeah. Um, does not have a Western release date yet. Maybe the beginning of next year. Um, be on Switch, probably. Yep. And then I could have done this whole category as just FF7, but real quick, the Honey Bee Inn, the, the dance sequence, which I already sort of talked about, Hell House, which I definitely already talked about, all of the moments between Aerith and Tifa, being girlfriends and it's awesome and air tea is my new ship um the zach reveal at the end of the game um and uh the plate drop is kind of like the moment that i kind of want to talk about real quick and i'll be brief um so in ff7 they decide that they being the big bad corporation decide to drop the plate on Sector 7, which is a city built under the plate. Um, and the you know what's coming if you've played the original game. You know that your friends in Avalanche are going to die in the fight to defend the plate. You know it's, you know Wedge is going to die. You know Biggs is going to die. You know Jesse is going to die. And these are characters... Wedge and Biggs are in Final Fantasy and Star Wars? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. But, uh, so... 
these characters, which died in the first like two hours of the game in 1997, have now been developed over hours and hours in this new exploration of Midgar with new unbeforeseen chapters. Like you go to Jesse's parents' house and you see where her father convalesced um, and slowly died from Mako poisoning. Um, and you see all these things that you didn't see about them before and you know it's gonna be hard to watch them actually die because there was no cutscene. You just passed their dead bodies on the stairs originally. Um, it was hard to watch, especially when Jesse dies. Biggs was bad. It was hard to watch Biggs die, but watching Jesse die was horrible, horrible. She's like, you, she's slowly dying. Cloud is trying to comfort her and Tifa is crying. She's like, basically, she's like, what did I say? What did I do wrong? Why is Tifa crying? And you're like, oh my God, you sweet snowflake, stop. Um, and I literally paused the game and sat in my chair and cried after that scene wrapped. And then you still have to go up on the plate, fight Reno and Rude, fail, and watch the plate drop on- What is the on, plate? So, they, so Final Fantasy VII, there's the poor people who live on the ground and the rich people who live on a city that's basically this big giant city that's built halfway like into the sky on a plate and it's seven sectors and they drop yeah. oh. a whole section of the plate on the city that lives yeah. underneath it. And it's hundreds, awful. if not thousands, of people die. Yeah, um, okay. They're trying to evacuate the, the town. Um, and you see some of that evacuation happening. And you actually get to experience some of the, the pre-plate chaos because you play as Aerith looking for Marlene, who's the little girl, Barrett's daughter. Um, you get to play as Aerith going to look for her. And then, and then you, if you play the original game, you know Aerith um, and Marlene get captured um, by the Turks at the end of that. So that was really cool. That was not a section that was in the original game. You didn't play as Aerith in the original game for that. Um, really cool to see that moment with her. And it feeds into my theory that Marlene is a Cetra. Um, but watching the plate, just watching that devastation, watching that destruction happen in real time was gutting. And then you, you live the aftermath. And it was just one of those moments that you just have to stop. You have to stop. It was, they nailed it. That's it. That's cool. It, Bigs and Wedge are named after the character yeah. from yeah, Star Wars. New Hope. Yeah, there's a, I, yeah. I figured as much. They're yeah. just in 23 Final Fantasy games. Yeah. That's there's fun. more SIDS. There is a SID in FF7 as well. Yes. Yes, SIDS in pretty much all of them. Moose? All right, so this is my list. I'm going to do what I want. So, uh, honorable mentions. Number one, building my island, Animal Crossing. Like I said, first time playing Animal Crossing. Wowed by the game. Loved it. Had a good time playing it. I highly recommend it to anybody. Right there uh, with you. Um, my second honorable mention is Hades, the end. Uh, first of all, it was weird because it's like, no, fuck you, Hades. Like, I got here. I earned this fight. Let's fight. Let's go. And he's like, no, just just walk on. Oh, you're talking about the actual end. Yeah, oh, the actual call. end. Like, when you, because you have to beat it, uh, what, 10 times? You have yeah, to something 10 like times. that. Yeah. Good and call. So on the, 10th, on the 10th time, you get to him, and he's just like, no, just go. Like, yeah, he's not like, like, you know, you I'm don't have to. You. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to fight him. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, I earned this. Let's go, buddy. Um, but anyway, so that was, and then just 
you know, the act, the story ending of that, you know, bringing mother home and, and having the whole conversation of what they're going to do to try and make, you know, peace with the Olympians. A peace. Just, yeah, yeah, make peace with everybody. And she's still, obviously, because the game doesn't end and it keeps going, she's still working on that. Hopefully, you know, they tie in like an, an actual end to the storyline and, and, you know, still allow you to keep playing the game. Maybe there'll be DLC or maybe there'll be a two, a Hades two. Um, the reason I said this is my list and I'm going to do what I want is because number one is trying to escape the Unidad in uh, Wildlands last night with Jason and Jeff. I swear <laughs> to G- So we real quick, we're doing this mission and it's inside this base and it's got a chain link fence going around the outside perimeter. And Jason's like, let's get in the helicopter and get up there. So we get in the helicopter, we go up, we parachute in, we all die and we get killed. So we get teleported back to like the nearest spawn point and me and jason just start booking it because jeff was he had you know he had something to do so he was like lagging behind and we're running up to the chain link fence and jason's like oh what are we gonna do and then there's a convoy coming by and he's like you want to get this convoy so we shoot the shoot the helicopter to get the convoy the trucks just take off and we're like well that's not gonna work because we got to get the convoy to actually stop and not blow it up so i'm just sitting there and I just turn around. I accidentally blew the fencing down with a grenade launcher. Okay. So I'm like, the, I'm like, the fencing's down. I'm like, fencing's down. Let's go. So we're running through the airport. We're taking people out. We're like, oh, that's a, there's a, there's a uh, surface to air missile. I'm trying to shoot it. Jeff's like, I'm right next to it. Could you not shoot that asshole? And I'm like, okay. okay. So we're running in. We He's like, fuck you, with. Jeff. You got to die. <laughs> We're running and we're going in and all and Jason's the first one through the door into the base because you know he's all guns blazing, which is great. Me and Jeff are a little Jeff's like a mix between me and Jason because like I'm like hang back, scope everything out, take things out slowly. Jason's like, I'm in the front door right now, let's go. And Jeff's kind of like in between. When when things don't work, he's just like, let's go guns blazing. And so we get in there and we're like shooting stuff, the Dad. And this is like so if you're thinking like like difficulty levels this is like a level five skull island and so these guys are like heavily armored it takes like you know three quarters of a a large clip of 50 bullets to take them down it's it's insane and so we're going in there we're running and gunning and they're like keep trying to come at us while we're trying to do stuff i'm running around getting collectibles because i'm like i'm not running back here ever again so i'm running around getting weapon boxes uh skill skill tier stuff i'm getting like kingslayer files which is basically information files so then we get in this big like apc like this big truck with a big giant gun on the back and jason jason's like let's go we'll get in this we kill, we had to kill a guy so we killed the guy we took a picture of the guy's evidence for our handler who Bowman, who is psychotic. But anyways, so we get in the APC and Jason's driving, Jason, and I'm on the gun and I'm like shooting at the Unidad trying to get out of here. And, and Jason is like Bruce Willis and Die Hard 2 are trying to get out of the parachute. He's like, where's the fucking door? He's like, where do I go to get out of here? And he can't, we can't, we can't get out. Those two assholes are like, get out of the truck. They get out of the truck and they start bolting. Meanwhile, me getting out of the gunner seat is like a 60 second animation. And I, I'm just like, what is going on? Why does it take so long to get out of this goddamn truck? Anyways, Jay, I don't know if Jason knew it was taking me while I got out of the truck or if he was just hanging back to cover me. But like he was right there with me, you know, backing me up. So we get out of there and we're like running. We run 
back to the airport. There's no helicopters, no time to call in a helicopter because you can you could request helicopters from from your uh, from the rebels to drop at any point in time, which is a whole nother story. But Jason gets in a Jason gets in an uh, uh, airplane and goes to take off. I only see like one left. Jeff's bolting towards it. I'm like I'm gonna ride with Jeff, so I go to ride with Jeff. We all take off. Jason's flying like you know 300 meters away from us. All of a sudden, gets you got shot out of the sky, didn't you? By a missile, <laughs> so, so he gets shot out of the sky. Jeff just kind of slowly banks to the left. I'm like, "You going to pick him up?" And he's like, "No, I'm just going to see if he's okay." So we're like, <laughs> Jason's like, "I'm all right, I'm all right." He's like, "I'll make it, I'll make we're it." Just, so we're like, "We're just going to buzz like, the marshal." <laughs> right, we're just going to dr- fly over and see if he's okay. And then it's getting towards the end of the night, and we're like, "The mission's over, we're done." And just like, "All right, I'm ready to go to bed." He just lands us in the middle of a road at a T section. And we just get out and we're like, all right, it's done. But like, <laughs> insanity in that game is just freaking awesome. And it is so much, I, so much fun. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. This game is now my citation for people who don't believe games are art. Because hearing you talk about this, Moose, is perfect. I mean, it is, it, it, it's hilarious. I mean, it's a good time. But that's my, that's my number one best moment. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm going to make this quick. Uh, on our previous episode, I went into my number three runner-up. Uh, it's a pretty great detail, but it's the Freddie Mercury moment and the uh, father flying a plane moment in Moon. Uh, both of those moments are personal to me for very different reasons, and the fact that they're in the same game, almost within the same like brief moment in time, it's it's kind of perfect. Uh, number two is, I'm not going to go into it, but, uh, well, okay, maybe I, I'm going to go into it enough, but finding, <laughs> finding Denonigate in Paradise Killer, uh, there was a, the, leading up to this particular thing, I was beating my head against what I was missing. And then I took, I, like I said before, I turned a corner, saw a thing, followed that thing. And all of a sudden case blown wide open and my questions went from one drastic extreme to wait what the what the fuck it was like watching parasite you know i was just like wait what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck and uh and yeah that this this game blew my mind consistently my number one moment is uh too late to love you the, the the interlude uh in kentucky route zero it's not well it's not an, it's an interlude in an actual chapter i think in chapter three of the game you uh your motley crew of individuals has come across this bar with so few patrons but hey the musical act has turned up to perform the player gets to choose the lyrics to this song i played through this moment five times just to try and mess with different stanzas all of them fit all of them are perfect but the one that sticks with me is always my first choice and it, the funny thing is when you listen to the soundtrack and you hear ben babbitt's version of of too late to love you he has his own set of lyrics that are that are in the game and you can pick but i still sing my version when I when I play it uh, or when I hear it in my headphones and uh, I was actually talking or I was actually commenting on 
uh, side quests on Twitter. They had posted about games or moments in games where you, uh, you you stepped outside of what is actually there and made it your own. And uh, and I was talking with the editor in chief there about that. And that that moment is very very impactful in that game. Them's my moments. Favorite score. So runner up for me is uh, Warcraft. Um, since I came back, um, I don't think I noticed this, the music as much when I first played. Um, probably because when I first played, I was living at home. I always played the volume so low. <laughs> probably never took notice. But uh, the lead up to the expansion, I kind of noticed the music more. And then I paid even more attention with the expansion. Um, so now I play all the time with headphones on. Um, two is Kronos. Um, it's, you remember the music, Matt and Moose and Michaela in the labyrinth, that like creepy kind of, so mm-hmm. Kronos kind of has that throughout. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought it was well done. And final is Doom Eternal. It it's yeah. that heavy okay. metal like gets you going yeah. like there's no the slowdown yeah, yeah you just you're yeah. going is it, you're is like, it as bad shit? no question you know yeah. you're playing Doom when you hear the music yeah, yeah. okay all right cool yeah. cool yeah cool <laughs> Michaela all right honorable mentions Ghost of Tsushima uh, you got to give it to him using the native instru- instruments for that authenticity really cool mm-hmm. um, Ori two because if you don't like the music in Ori I don't think you have a soul. Or you might be missing at least a good piece. Um, number three, Demon Souls. They done re-recorded that whole thing with a live orchestra, and it is just a slow fucking clap. Holy shit. Um, number two, Hades. Darren Korb, my man. Killed it again. Always. Uh, number one. Best streak of game soundtrack since Danny B. Yeah, yeah, really little. Uh, seven, Remake. Um, Final Fantasy 7 already had some stellar music, but this is, like, again, with the Demon Souls example, it is live, it is full, it is everything. They took uh, Nobu Uematsu, who is one of the greats of video game music, um, and evolved his songs. He only technically wrote one new song, which is the new, the, the title theme, Hollow, um, for the remake which they got Yosh to sing, which was cool. They brought that little bit of rock feel to it. Um, but the music in 7 Remake is done so well. It is true to the original, but it is also modern and fuller and used effectively in the game. Like, they took seven seconds till the end, um, which is the song that plays... Well, it's called Seven Seconds Till the End in the remake, and it's the song that plays... Um, in the area where Sephiroth kills Aerith uh, in the original game, and they stuck it in the end for a particular story moment, and it literally hairs standing up on the back of my neck. It is one of those moments where music affects you physically. So, um, just one of the best soundtracks I have heard in my whole life. Moose? All right. Honorable mentions goes to Shishima. Uh, just, just great, just great. Uh, number two is Animal Crossing. 
uh love those records throw them up throw them on your little stereo and change the tune when you go to your house hey sky am i right (laughs) just just just, you know get some get some funk going you know get some jazz you know like all all the good stuff anyway so uh animal crossing is number two and number one of course is hades uh darren korb just freaking knocking it out of the park like he just does a phenomenal job i mean it's so good that like all of his soundtracks are on my christmas list for my secret santa for my family for my siblings i'm like i was just like what am i gonna put on this thing and i was like i was playing hades at the time and i'm like boom there we go all the special editions of the soundtracks on vinyl i was like let's rock Mm -hmm. and roll what they play it's just it's so good um yeah it's just awesome matt I'm pretty sure the panel here could probably guess the three of mine in a certain order, uh, but the actual order is uh, my second runner-up is Hades, Darren Korb. Um, Boom. For the for the for the same for the same reasons that you know this, the music's amazing, but I also like the stylistic choices that he makes for uh, a, a I mean roguelikes are essentially RPGs, and the choices he makes for this is is off kiltered uh left of the dial and uh oftentimes daring and he, he never misses a note he never he never he never chose a bad tone uh it's damn near perfect uh my my first runner up is paradise killer by epoch uh, i'm not I'm not as well versed in early 80s late 70s uh city pop from Japan as I would like to be I've been trying to get more familiar with it it's really hard um but everything I have heard this cribs from in not so much a, a thievery sort of way but definitely like uh we're going to we're going to we're going to take cues and do our own thing and it is brilliant. And number one is uh, Ben Babbitt, uh, Kentucky Route Zero. The ambient sections of this are just as moving as the best moments in the game. The the uh, banjo-based folk moments uh, are, are basically like a, a, a nice, perfect double middle finger fuck you to Mumford and Sons and the Lumineers and I and I agree with Ben Babbitt on this one fuck those bands he's never said that but like that's the way his music makes me feel uh but fuck those bands um uh this soundtrack is is beautiful uh the the moments where it's it's sung are affecting and perfect both in game and out of game and uh it is it is one of the best things i've heard all year favorite story number three for me doom eternal really dig into doom guys background uh, you get a little more lore and uh find out where the power comes from and why why he's such a badass uh two is chronos for all the questions we had in Remnant, all the answers are there in Kronos. Um, Fucking wallet, man. <laughs> 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 I 
Number one, though, is The Last of Us Part <laughs> Two. I love The Last of Us Part Two. Um, the story from beginning to end, the the range of feelings. It was, it was a roller coaster. It was so good. Uh, yeah, that's my number one. Okay. As somebody who didn't play that, I respect that because I watched the whole thing. Um, and actually, if I had played it in my moments, I would have had Abby on the Sky Bridge as one of them. And then the burning of the island where the scars live as another. Yeah. Um, for story, honorable mentions, Miles, um, for like a four hour story or whatever the fuck it actually is when you play it out with the cutscenes. Um, it hits some steep emotional notes at the end. It's like getting a whole bucket of freezing water thrown right in your face. Well done. Um, Ghost of Tsushima is in there as well. Um, very well told tale. Great villain. Um, and you can even argue um, one of, you know, the, the uncle is up there as an antagonist as well. Um, Hades, the story is the glory. It is, it is the mechanic. It is the the pulse, the beating heart of that game, which is unusual for a roguelike, and that's what makes it stand out so much. Um, and number one, unsurprisingly, I'm going to have Seven Remake in here. Nobody's shocked, but it's not just Midgar that they've retold here. They have remade the game. There is a meta-narrative to Seven Remake where you see these whispers, these, these Dementor-looking guys that are in the game that were not in Seven originally, and wherever they show up, is where the story is trying to deviate from the original 1997 track for the story. So um, it's almost like fate is trying to go off the rails. Um, you can read it one way as the, as the whispers are trying, are the fandom imposing their will on the directors to keep the story exactly the way it was in 97. Um, but uh, you can also read it as, you know, the greater forces, um, you know, are fighting against your party, literally themselves, and um, even, you know, of course, Sephiroth has a hand in all of it. Um, so it's brilliant the way that they change and evolve the story, and it's such a, you don't, like, especially in a fandom like Final Fantasy VII and any Final Fantasy, you, ha you take a risk anytime you change something about that game, because you are going to get pushback from the fans, um, and it's scary, and I don't know where what's going to happen next. I this I I think they will honor the spirit of seven. I think a lot of it's going to stay intact. But I like that there are things that are going to surprise us and continue to surprise us about the remake because part one there was things I couldn't have predicted um, happening already, um, especially with certain characters like Zach at the end um, and and Sephiroth who might be Sephiroth from the future, and Aerith, who might be Aerith from the future, going back to the original story we all know and love and changing time. Um, and I like that I don't know what will always happen because it's a, it's a familiar story, but also a mystery and an adventure um, that we have to look forward to in the subsequent installments. So, well done. Well done. Risks paid off. All right. Uh, honorable mission number one, Division Two, Warlords of New York. Had a good time playing through that story and kind of finalizing uh, the first game's storyline to an extent. 
obviously opened some new doors and all that stuff. So, so that was, that was a lot of fun. Trying not to spoil it for Jason, though he probably won't care about the story. He just likes to shoot shit. Uh, second one is Maneater. For uh, it just it's so crazy and over the top. It's just it's hilarious. Like the the shark hunter and like how you are a baby and like you you get you you know you break free all that stuff and then he's hunting you down while you're trying to grow and do your thing as a predator of the waters it's just it's good and it's got i can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head but he was from snl and but he's also uh cyril figus chris Chris parnell yeah in uh archer he is hilarious as the narrator like just he's just awesome uh so that's number two. And then number one, obviously, Hades. Just amazing. Uh, they did a great job with the source material. Uh, and I think uh, putting in their own twist on it was just awesome. Uh, I think I think they did a really great job with it. I also like that even when you beat the game and keep going through, like there's more character development. Um, obviously, I have not maxed out the story quest lines of everybody but even beyond that there's even more dialogue between you and Hades and you and your mother and and your adopted mother Nix and so it's just like there's so much there that you don't experience once you if you just like go through and beat the game and then call it quits you know it's just it's awesome they just did an amazing job so that's my number one okay so my story category this year is kind of fucked uh but just bear with me um i have one honorable mention and a four-way tie for the win uh so just just bear with me number my honorable mention is paradise killer ultimately it's a whodunit when you kind of get through it it doesn't really provide the reward because the experience of that game is going through everything four-way tie is kentucky route zero hades Captain Tsubasa, Rise of the New Champions, and Yakuza Like a Dragon, all for different reasons I feel like they're the best. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero is the humanist, surrealist, rooted in uh, rooted in the world we live in type of story that we kind of need. Hades is a beautiful family tapestry drama that video games never ever really touches on in a way that includes the player experience. Captain Subasa is the narrative that I always have in my head when I'm playing a game like FIFA, except uh, it writes it better and it gives you both uh, a beginning to end narrative of the main character and you can have your own where you start with a different team and have a different experience. Uh, And the fourth, Yakuza Like a Dragon, is the hero odyssey that most video games strive for but uh touching grounded topics that exist in the world in a way that does its level best to honor and respect all the people in those roles as well as strive for like a transcendental better that's why they're 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 kind of like four sides to a square. Not every not all of them did uh 100% great but all of them did one thing great. So, I hope I kept that quick enough. Favorite indie. This this one was the hardest for me. I played way too many games this year. So, here's I'm going to do this quick. 
Starting at number nine, Journey to the Savage Planet, Blood Roots, Dunk Lords by the art director for Splunky. One. I can't wait to play this game when I put my fucking PC together. I cannot wait. Uh, West of Dead, Scourgebringer. Number four, Gunfire Reborn. Number three, Hades. Number two, Kunai. And number one, Neon Abyss. Nice. Nice. Nice choices all around. Thank you. Michaela? My first one is an honorable, honorable mention for the same reason I can't mention Last of Us Part Two, Spiritfarer. I'm not the one who played it. My roommate is. But any chance to appreciate any games, that one is a few. Another game I missed. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so Spiritfarer is my honorable, honorable mention. Um, then number three, um, I'm counting it because it was the console release and it's the first time I played it, CrossCode. That's cool. Um, two, uh, I haven't finished it yet. But I'm playing it this week, and I'm enjoying it, and it's like the first one. So Ori, uh, counting it as an indie, because we're not getting into it. Um, but number one <laughs> is Hades. No contest for me. It's Hades. Moose. Awesome. All right. So just going to move through these pretty quickly. Uh, Ida, or Ida, I-T-T-A, Jason. Nice. Has a- uh, that one, yeah. I love twin stick shooters and it, it's just great. It's, I feel like it's like a boss rush game almost because you don't spend as much time in the world as you do fighting the bosses or well, mm-hmm. I don't because the bosses are crazy, uh, bullet hell and a lot of fun. Um, resolution, uh, is a really good indie game, uh, play, but it kind of has some hyper light drifter vibes to it. Yeah. That uh, game looks dope. Um, that's a lot of fun. Uh, this one, I wish made it on other lists, but Carry On, the reverse horror game where you play the you're the thing science exp- Yeah, you're the thing. You're the thing from the movie to thing, and you're just going around eating scientists and just having a ball. And that it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, Vigil: The Longest Night uh, is uh, my uh, third one on that list. Uh, really good. Uh, I can't wait to get back into it now that they've patched the save crashes. Uh, number two is Scourgebringer. Uh, it does have a good story, but like the roguelite um, aspects of it and the combat just gels really well with it. Um, so that's uh, number two. And then number one, obviously, is Hades. Uh, with a bullet, for all the reasons that I've talked about previously when mentioning Hades, just the perfect package um hopefully they expand on it i feel like this might be one of the first games that they've never done dlc right i could see them doing dlc for this no, they which, haven't. yeah i don't, I don't think, think they, they, they do yeah. early access and so they are technically adding to the game over yeah. time before so it's yeah so this is kind of like the end game is kind of dlc but i could see them venturing into that to like expand on the story because I, I do feel in their defense if they did the game is a complete package and they could Definitely. either do they could either do a Hades 2 or they can expand on Hades and have it be quote unquote a platform. You know what I mean? Like just have mm-hmm. it be its own thing and you get expand story expansions and combat expansions and all that stuff. I feel like they could go that route too. But anyways. Like how Ed McMillan has expanded uh, Binding of Isaac. Which is getting an, should get a new expansion. 
next year or I think early it's next year. Next year. I, I kind of like that they never do the same thing twice, though. All four yes. of their games have a very yeah. unique identity. So Hades yeah. just makes me even more excited for their fifth game. Whatever. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, so I take it that's to me, and and mm-hmm. uh, we're we're gonna do, we're I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise y'all because it's three games that I've mentioned several times before. Uh, number three is Paradise Killer. Number two is Hades, and number one is Kentucky Route Zero. You did surprise me because you haven't mentioned Spelunky tonight. Yeah, too. Yeah, I have. I've had to have some soul searching. Uh, there were a lot of sitting out back with a beer in hand, just. Thinking yeah, I mean, why you know, it so, made my list, right? I mean, it did. Like, I could have. I could have sat here and. It, it, I mean, Spelunky will probably still be in my ten because I still right. haven't made my ten yet, and and right. and like right, because so. because ultimately I think that is the best design game this year. But I tend to go with favorites, mm-hmm. and while I can look at something and say it, it is objectively like good and uh, a, a landmark, or, or or objectively the best, in like I can look at LeBron James; he's objectively the best basketball player in the world. Is he my favorite? No. So, uh, so th- that's more of my thing. But let's get to our final one of the night. Favorite game club game. Number three for me, Cross Code. I had a lot of fun playing this. And uh, even more fun discussing it. Number two, Ghost of Tsushima. And number one, Moonlighter. Yeah, yeah, I did it. I liked it. I liked yep. that list. It was number four, in case you're wondering. Can, can, it barely, can, can it I, barely I, beat out Mother Russia. Please, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, I liked Mother Russia bleeds. It has some problems, but I like Mother Russia bleeds. <laughs> I liked it too. It was good. That's my list. Michaela, number four is an honorable mention. I'll put Moonlighter. I didn't play it as part of Game Club, and I played it last year, but I did like it. Um, That's cool. It counts. Can respect that. Yeah. Number three for me is Crosscode, and it's also probably one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded because that was our fireside chat was very enjoyable. Had a lot of fun. That's um, a fucking great episode. That's the, uh, that's the that's the that's that's the 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 episode of this show that I've gone back to the most. Believe it or not. So interesting. I don't know if that tells you anything, but like. I, I like that episode a lot. <laughs> I haven't gone back to it in a while. I might need to to, to give myself a reminder. Um, but that was fun. I enjoyed our chat. Uh, number two is Ghost, which was technically my first official. Um, and number one is Hades. Yeah. Moose? All right. Uh... <laughs> Uh, number three would be Crosscode. I enjoyed, even though I didn't finish the game and, and join in in the chat for that, I enjoyed what I was playing of the game so much that I didn't want to rush it to try and make the episode uh, for the discussion. So that's number three. Uh, number two was Thimbleweed Park. Uh, I'm not... Like, that was my first, like, point-and-click adventure game that I've ever played, and I think that's a good one to start on. 
if you ever, if you ever really good. Of, if you haven't played one and you're thinking of playing one, but the story was really good. Uh, I just that was the that's the only platinum I have so far this year. I went back and polished it off last weekend, maybe, and then or the weekend before. But anyways, and then number one, obviously, is Hades. Blue bullet. Okay, I'm gonna be the dickhead. I deliberately left Hades off of this because it's winning too much. So <laughs> how dare you? Call, you can call me an asshole, but my. I know third, what your number one is. What? I know what it is. Yeah. Over what? then. Wrong. Uh, number three. Number three is Ghost of Tsushima. Number two, Oberdin. Number one is fucking Moonlighter. Like without a doubt, I. Yeah, I should have thought that. I there th- that game stole my heart in ways that I was not ready for. And while we did play, while we did play a lot of, of really cool games this year, I mean, Thimbleweed Park is probably the best Twin Peaks game I've played <laughs> outside of Deadly Premonition One. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't. That is I didn't. Twin Peaks I didn't finish Cross Code either, but uh, that game is that game is going places. Um, but the three that like just sort of stood out to me is like I honestly did not expect Ghost of Tsushima to be as good as it ended up being. So going into it with that, and then Oberdin being uh, more surprising than I thought it was going to be, and then Moonlighter being even more surprising. That was why. That was why I chose it. So, so next week, y'all, we've got our top ten list mm-hmm. of Let's games. Moose. Bye. Story Route Zero. We have some cool friends who do some cool things, and I'd like to tell you about them. Phoenix Overdrive uses the power of games and gamers to help heal sick kids through the charity Extra Life. Phoenix Overdrive fundraises for Children's Miracle Network hospitals all year, every year, and the fun culminates in a 24-hour gaming marathon. Find out more about their events and projects online via Facebook at facebook.com slash phoenixoverdrive or on Twitter and Instagram at phx underscore overdrive. You can also join the Facebook group of Pawn Stars at facebook.com slash groups slash Nation in order to share and discuss all the latest in nerd culture. They've also got a podcast, Nerd Overdrive, which you can see weekly at youtube.com slash phoenixoverdrive. You can also catch it on Facebook Live or twitch.tv slash phx underscore overdrive. That podcast is also published on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. You want merch? They got merch. Merch can be ordered from tinyurl.com slash phxodmerch, a portion of which goes to their fundraising efforts. Join the nation and be a hero to sick kids, as El Capitan Rey Osorio, Lee the Maestro, and Becky, the lovely queen of the guild, always say, hashtag rise above. Thank you for listening to Story Route Zero. We hope you have enjoyed your time here as much as we've enjoyed having you. Once again, questions, concerns, complaints, pictures of pets, or favorite recipes can be sent to storyroutezero at gmail.com. You can yell at us on Twitter at storyroutezero. 
rate us and review us on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you may have found us, as it helps with discoverability. If you'd like to hit us up individually, you can find Moose Cool at Sven, that's S-V-H-E-N-N on Twitter, PSN, Instagram, and of course, Twitch, streaming games. You can find Jason Marshall writing at obelisk.co. You can also find him on Twitter at GimpyJ with two Y's at the end, as well as PSN, Instagram, and Twitch. He also has his own website, whereisthepausebutton.com. You can find Michaela Crescione doing all sorts of writing at obelisk.co, as well as on Twitter at redxmod. My name is Matthew Keel. You can find me everywhere I'd like to be at infinite underscore rewind. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's Twitch. That's PSN. And I also have my own website, infiniterewind.com. Be sure to check us out at all the places. You are always welcome, and you will always have a seat waiting for you on this ride. Thank you for listening. But for now, it's back to the real world for us. So we will see you on the next one.